Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. And as always, I am your host, Usamimi, and this month's episode is sort of a Halloween-adjacent episode, I guess, but also we are celebrating the anniversary of a very beloved series this month that just turned 25 years old. <laughs> So very relevant to the nostalgia part of anime nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this month we are talking about Yu Yu Hakusho. Ooh, yay! yay. <laughs> and with me is my good friend and very big Yu Yu Hakusho <laughs> fan, Trisha, a.k.a. Boobly from Tumblr. Welcome back, Trisha! Hey, everyone. Nice to be back. <laughs> and very excited to be back for Yu Hakusho, my favorite anime everyone <laughs> probably knows yes i knew that uh eventually when i did my yu yu hakusho episode i was like i gotta recruit trisha she is the biggest yu yu hakusho fan i know oh you're so sweet because you love it so much i do it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> as we speak you are wearing the official 25th anniversary yu yu hakusho toguro brothers shirt yes my we go um toguro shirt they did a if you guys don't know, um, we go is like this clothing store in Japan, and they did like this 25th collab with the Yu Hakusho anime, so they made all these awesome t-shirts. So yes. I bought a Takura one, and I bought a Botan one. So. Yes, the Botan one is really cute. It is. I would have worn it today, but like I wore it like a couple of days ago, so it's <laughs> Yeah, as soon as you got it, you were like, I need this! Exactly. I need to wear this. I need Botan on my body. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> They are great. I love them so much. But yes, I got Tigger on because gotta represent Tigger. So yes, yes, <laughs> yes. We 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 all have like our Yu Yu Hakusho vibes today because like I literally finished my rewatch of the entire TV show this morning uh, <laughs> because I kept putting it off. I was like, oh, I have time. I have time. And then I was like, oh, no, we're recording this, like, this weekend. <laughs> and so like yesterday, I I cut off a whole block of time where I was just like, I'm gonna do this all in one big chunk and I finished like the last I think I had 16 episodes left yeah I saw you on Twitter like you, you had your little live tweeting thread and I was like oh my god she's actually gonna finish it That's I'm gonna great. do it I was because I made a promise to myself I was like I'm going to finish this rewatch before we do the podcast because I want it fresh in my mind mm-hmm. and in my mind I was like oh I'll do it like the week before and I was just like man that didn't happen <laughs> but I did finish it I finished it this very morning as we're recording it and I'm still kind of, like, basking in the feelings, like, oh, I can't believe it's over. I did it. So, so Because it's literally been over 10 years since I last watched Yu Yu Hakusho. It's been a long time. (laughs) And I was like, I really need to rewatch it. It's been a long time coming. I've owned it physically for, like, years, and it's just been, like, sitting on my shelf. (laughs) those those shiny new sets i was just like oh look oh it's so pretty yeah it's just it's kind of intimidating because it's so it is it's 112 episodes that's right but so for the people who are listening to this like in a timely manner like as this just comes out this month october the month of october was yu hakusho's 25th anniversary for the anime Happy birthday, you Happy Hakusho. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. You're having a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's official birthday was uh, the 10th, right? Yes. It was October 10th. October 10th. Uh, it first aired in Japan in 1992. 
at 6.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> so because it was the anniversary month and, like, it totally fit with, like, the theme of kind of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not it's not super spooky. It's not like what you would traditionally be like, oh, this is a Halloween anime. But there's a lot of horror themes in it and there's, mm-hmm. like, death and <laughs> demons and spirits and monsters and all sorts of, like, crazy crap. Yeah. So it's definitely, like... Halloween appropriate, yes. I felt. So I was like, well, this is perfect. I have to do the podcast about the anniversary on its anniversary month for Halloween. It's just like, that's too perfect. I can't it's not do it. Fate. It's destiny. It was just meant to happen. Mm-hmm. So, a little background about Yu Yu Hakusho Show. So, for the people who are listening and they might have never watched or read like a single tidbit about Yu Yu Hakusho like if you had to describe it in a nutshell Mm -hmm. how would you describe it like give me the elevator pitch for Yu Yu Hakusho okay I'm gonna open it with the first line from the dub episode (laughs) one and this is how it starts out it says and so it all begins this boy's name is Yusuke he's 14 years old and is supposed to be the hero of the story but oddly enough he's dead (laughs) (laughs) Basically, spoiler alert, even though it's in the first episode, the main character of Yu Hakusho, Yusuke Yurameshi, dies in the first episode. And basically, he has to go through all these trials in order to get his life back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning, he doesn't really seem like he wants it back, but through, you know, going through some tests and everything, he realizes that people like around him really care, and he wants to, like, you know, come back to life mm-hmm. and everything. But anyway, he gets back to life by becoming this thing called the Spirit Realm Detective. Mm-hmm. Where he has to go around and fight demons for spirit world and like um and deal with a bunch of monsters and ghosts and everything. So like it's Ghostbusters the anime in a way. Yeah, in Very a way. Very loosely. <laughs> but like it's a bunch of delinquents and demons fighting. Yes. So it's two of my favorite things. <laughs> yes. Japanese delinquents. Yes, they are very charming. And Japanese ghosts. Yes. It's and it's also funny because Yusuke's um name is a pun. He, uh, if you, if anyone knows anything about Japanese folklore, um, ghosts actually say something like, yeah, yeah, Yurimeshi, yeah. And, like, Yusuke's last name is Yurimeshi. And it's, like, the Japanese equivalent to, like, boo. Yeah. Ghosts. So it would be, like, naming him, like, uh, like, Jonathan, uh, Boosterson or something like that. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> anime booed Radley or whatever. <laughs> like, it's supposed to be spooky. That's, like, ooh. And, like, Yusuke, the first kanji in his name is also, like, used in Ghost, so, mm-hmm. in Japanese. So, like, it's basically, like, dealing with the occult and, like, fighting and battles, and it's really great, so. Yeah, because this was a Shonen Jump series, so, of course, there's going to be, like, that Shonen sort of element, even back then for, like, such mm-hmm. an early like 90s series there was mm-hmm. that whole shonen element where like there has to be some sort of gimmick and mm-hmm. the gimmick was fighting yes kind of like with dragon ball the gimmick was fighting yes and they have you know kind of similar like in um dragon ball z they have like energy blasts and everything mm-hmm. in yu hakusho they have spirit energy and yeah. demon energy mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to that not completely but like just yeah. as a concept like you're but it's something stuff. to like hook the kids in because they also talk about like I noticed later on, I totally forgot, and they also talk about power levels and numbers and things like that. Because yes. kids, they, they realized, like, kids got really into, like, oh, this guy's more powerful. His numbers are more, like, higher and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, that's more, like, oh, yeah, like, within the demon rankings. Yeah, They have, like, you know, 
E to A, and then they have an S, S class. class yeah. And then um, when you get to the final arc, the Three Kings arc, they actually have like a scouter. Yes, yes. Where uh, like which I totally had forgotten about until they pull it out, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. This was like the era where like everyone was like super obsessed with like power levels, power levels and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if you look at. You know, not to go too much on a tangent, but, like, if you look at, like, some old Sailor Moon, like, materials books, like, it'll give you, like, little power grids yes. of, like... Yes! They uh, had those for you Hakusho characters, too. Yeah. Um, like, how, like, smart someone is. Yes! And how strong they are, uh-huh. how much, like, spirit energy they have, yes. or how much, like, you know, fighting, like, potential they have. Uh-huh. And then, like, they have, like, some random one. Like, oh, they're kind, or they tell yes. random funny jokes, or yeah, like, yeah. it's just, like, something silly. But, yeah. And I was like, this is purely for, like, stat nerds. Like, there has to be, like, some some cachet of children who are just really into numbers. Um, even adults, so. Yeah, adults, like, I feel like a lot of people who grew up with, like, Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon and Yu Yu Hakusho were very into, like, like, comparing stats yeah. to things. Because I still see that every once in a while. Yeah, that's definitely not my scene, but... Yeah, it's not really... Like, I was never into that, but I see, like, that's a thing that, like, some people still, like, reference, which I think is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so that's definitely, I think, a good pitch of Yu Hakusho. It, it is very sort of, like... This is a Japanese sort of Ghostbusters thing, but for <laughs> kids. But also, like, it's weird. It's wildly different. And just, like incredibly layered with like a lot of different inspirations like the creator Yoshihiro Togashi like was inspired by like so many different things for this and you can when I was younger I think I was like about I was in my teenage years when I first Mm -hmm. saw Yu Yu Hakusho and like a lot of them went over my head but like as an adult now I can see a lot more of them absolutely and it's really (laughs) crazy so Yu Yu Hakusho was based on the manga, like we said, by Yoshihiro Togashi, and it ran in Shonen Jump from December 1990 to July of 1994. Mm-hmm. And the TV anime started, like we said, October 10th, uh, 1992. It ended December 17th, 1994, and it was by Studio Perot, which they did a whole bunch of stuff back then. They were also, uh, that was the studio that was also really famous for the Magical Girls. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, Creamy Mommy, Magical Emmy, like, all of the, the Magical Club yeah. girls. All of, all of the, the major Magical Girls between, like, the 80s and early 90s, mm-hmm. I believe. There was also a six-episode OVA series. Uh, there were two movies. Yu Yu Hakusho, The Golden Seal, which was released just as Yu Yu Hakusho, the movie, by Anime Works and later Funimation, uh, as well as Chapter of the Underworld, uh, Carnage, Bonds of Fire, which was released as the Poltergeist Report movie by Central Park Media. That was the thing. <laughs> uh, that was back when, like, it was a lot easier for, like, an anime company to just buy a movie mm-hmm. from a thing or an OVA from a thing mm-hmm. and release it and be like, here. <laughs> like, here's this thing in uh, dub it and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. is, is there a series that goes along with it? Sure, but that's like 112 episodes. Like, here's just a movie. <laughs> that's not nearly as good as a show. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Mm. Um, but the first movie was only 30 minutes because it was shown as part of a triple feature in Japan. It was also showed with a, a, a Ninku short, which is also yes. something that... It was something like that. And um, 
Yeah, it is like 30 minutes. It's mm-hmm. just like an episode of the TV show. Yeah, it's kind of like how like some of the Sailor Moon movies are a little shorter because they also ran with like a short before it or after it. Mm-hmm. Or like like the third Ronma movie was like 30 minutes because it was shown with like uh like three other things. Yeah, the only difference between that uh, that little movie quote unquote and actual episodes the animation looked really great yeah because it had a bigger budget yeah it didn't have a tv constraint to it um so togashi began working on yu yu hakusho around november of 1990 and he's a super big fan of occult and horror films and so he wanted to make a manga based on these interests and um he had previously done a short manga called occult a detective group or a cult tan tai dan that's a tongue twister which got a lot of positive reviews from readers and so that mm-hmm. gave him like the courage to like keep making manga he was like oh people like this i guess i should make more yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so the original story went through several names before uh togashi decided on yu yu hakusho uh, the first drafts to editors were just labeled as how to be a ghost, <laughs> which, I mean, that's kind of cute, but if this show had been called how to be a ghost, I would have been like, why is it called that? <laughs> and also, like, when Yusuke comes back to life, he's not a ghost anymore. Yeah, so exactly. Like... So it doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. But when the story was approved, Togashi proposed calling it Yu Yu Ki, which would have been uh, translated roughly as pol- the Poltergeist Chronicles, mm-hmm. a play on the title Sayuki, mm-hmm. which is the original Journey to the West story, uh, a.k.a. the story that Dragon Ball was based on. But at the time, there was also a series called Chin Yuki. So Togashi came up with Yu Yu Hakusho instead because he said it was like the first thing he thought of. He's kind of arbitrary with a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I guess he figured, he was like, well, the name's not that important. Yeah, he kind of just throws caution to the wind. Like. Yeah, he's like, whatever, just call it that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho roughly translates to Poltergeist Report, which is what you see sub- it's subtitled as, like, on the official, like, Funimation releases and stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like Ghost Files. Ghost Files, yeah, yeah. It's like Yu Yu Hakusho, Ghost Files. Uh-huh. So. And, mm-hmm. or, uh, Oh, I'm thinking of, like, the, the Poltergeist Report movie. Yeah. Yes. That's what they, they subtitled that as. Yeah. Like, same thing, really. But, I mean, Ghost Files, Poltergeist Report, uh, it's basically like they took out a thesaurus and were like, mm, this sounds good. Yeah. It's like, everyone still calls it Yu Hakusho. So. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anyone just straight up call it the Ghost Files. I know that um, in the Philippines, they call it Ghost Fighter. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, so. that's a whole thing. Uh, like, in other countries, like, sometimes... Yeah, in the Philippines, it actually aired a lot earlier than it did in the the States. It actually aired in the mid-90s, so not long after it actually finished airing, so... Yeah, yeah, and they had their own dub of it over there, too. Yes, they changed the name. Yes! (laughs) Yusuke was Eugene. Yes! Kuwabara was Alfred. (laughs) Karama was Dennis. Dennis! And he was originally Denise at first. Oh! And then they called Hiei Vincent. And Kawimba was Jericho. He looks like a Vincent. I can see it. But the one that's wildest is use case. I mean, Eugene. Eugene. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. I'm amazed that that's not like the deke dub of Yuhaku show. I've never heard of the Tagalog dub, so I don't really know. I mean, the Tagalog dub. Tagalog, yeah. Tagalog dub, I haven't heard it. But... (laughs) I, I have 
when I was growing up, I had a lot of uh, friends and pen pals even uh, from the Philippines area and every single one of them was super into Yu Yu Hakusho. I see like random pics from, you know, like of graffiti around the Philippines sometimes like in cities and whatever. And like I see Yu Yu Hakusho graffiti all the time. And I love it. <laughs> That's they, like, awesome. They put them like, I remember there was one specific picture where they had it like on a set of lockers. Oh, yes. They had a, like, you know, the one where they all dressed as a band? Yes. That was on the lockers. And there's, I remember seeing one on the school bus. Oh, like wow. Like abandoned school bus. Wow. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So shout out to, like, all you cool kids that grew up in the Philippines. All who, the Filipino kids out there. Who got Yu Yu Hakusho before we did. Yeah. <laughs> you can rub that in our faces. Yes. That you got it first. Totally. With very, very interesting renames. Hey, it gets the word out there. I so. mean... Back then, that was, like, a whole thing, was, like, the names that sounded vaguely right. <laughs> yeah. <Karamas>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no real American e- English name equivalent for Karama. No, not. I mean, to be fair, Eugene from Yusuke is actually kind of genius. <laughs> it just sounds really ridiculous. <laughs> God, it's, it's wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, um, it took... Like, like you said, it took a long time for Yu Yu Hakusho to officially come to America. Because when I first got into it in the 90s, I was watching fan-sub VHSs of Yu Yu Hakusho. Hardcore. I, yeah. can't say, I can't say that I'm not a little jealous, because that sounds great. <laughs> I mean, it was kind of like in that era where, like, any of those old screen caps from the old Dragon Ball Z fan subs of that day, like, a lot of fan subbers would just needlessly throw, like, swearing and stuff in there because they were like, oh yeah, this is so hardcore, and they're so... This is a much more mature cartoon than they're showing on you know, American TV and stuff like that. So, like, those old fan subs I had, I distinctly remember, like, Yusuke being a huge potty mouth. Like, they made him swear a lot. I mean, they make him do that a lot in the English dub, too. <laughs> I can I can probably, like, count how many times Yusuke has said ass. <laughs> he has said it so often. It's his favorite word. <laughs> and I just knew, I was like... I mean, at the time, I was just like, whoa, they're they're really mature letting their kids watch shows where, like, all the kids swear and stuff. But, you know, as I got older, I was like, oh, that was just stuff they peppered in to make it seem more cool and stuff, I guess. Um, But back then, I was just like, oh, wow, this is so, like, crazy. They're just swearing and and fighting. (laughs) It's amazing. But... Yeah, back then, I had no idea that Yu Yu Hakusho would be that long. And so, like, it took me forever to watch the whole series. And when I first watched it, I actually didn't see the whole thing because after I found out how long it was, like, how many tapes I would have to buy, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can afford all that. Because, I mean, even though I had pretty good babysitting money, I was just (laughs) like, I'm buying, like, other tapes from other shows, too. I need to, like even it out so i went years without seeing like the entirety of the show because i was like okay i want to see how the dark tournament ends because i you know started at the beginning and um so i saw like that arc and then i skipped a lot of the uh stuff with <laughs> sensory of oh, the chapter black arc. yeah mm-hmm. and then just went kind of straight to, like, right after that. 
Oh, the Three Kings art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really regret it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was like, oh, but what if I'm missing, like, really cool stuff in these episodes? Uh. So um, I was really excited, actually, when they finally announced that it was going to be released officially because I was like, oh, great. Now I can finally watch the entire show <laughs> and I won't have to pay, like, you know, all that shipping for, like, God, I had so many videos. <laughs> so it took me forever just to even, like, finish the stuff that I actually had. But once I finally watched the entire thing, I was like, wow, there was a lot of stuff that, like, I kind of missed. And, I mean, even though... You know, you have mixed feelings about, like, certain parts and stuff like that. I was just like, yeah. I just felt really good that I completed it all. I was like, Mm -hmm. that's 112 episodes. that's that's a lot of work. That's crazy. (laughs) That's a lot of hours of watching. And that's a lot of, like, back then that was a lot of DVDs you had to buy. Yes. (laughs) Because they released them, like, what, two episodes for disc or something. It was, like, for... Usually the ones that didn't have a lot had three on them. So. Yeah, I, I just remember it was, like, not a lo- It was basically what I had on VHS, like, on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, at least they're smaller <laughs> than a videotape. <laughs> so it, they take up less space. Yes, yes. But even, even so, that's still a lot of DVDs. It is, it is. <laughs> I mean, if you look at those really old sets that you could get where it was, like, all of the DVDs in just a big box. I have those. Oh, I have them man. All. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> and they cost a lot of money. They did. They cost a lot of money. That was a lot of, like, my first job slash babysitting money. Yeah, that money. was me begging my parents to buy me something they'd never seen before. <laughs> They're and, like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, okay. And they buy it for me. And then I'm like, okay, I got to get the rest by myself. Because, <laughs> like, I was getting them, like, as they were being released. <laughs> oh, man. So it took seven years for the anime to come to America after it ended in Japan for Funimation to license it in North America. And they started releasing it here in 2001. Mm-hmm. And it first premiered uncut on TV on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim block in February 2002 until it was moved to Toonami in March 2003, where it was heavily edited. Mm-hmm. And that was also the year Viz started releasing the original manga mm-hmm. because they were like, oh... We own Shonen Jump properties. That's on TV. People might want to read the manga that that's based off of. Makes sense. So that was really exciting because I never thought the manga would be brought over here. Yeah. So I was really, really excited for that because I was just like, I've only ever seen it in the Japanese Tonkobons. <laughs> like, I, I owned, like, I think three volumes of the Japanese Tonkobons at the time because I bought them, like, at the used bookstore mm-hmm. for, like, a dollar piece. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I have Yu Yu Hakusho manga. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's so special, you know, because it's not available in English. It was like, you know, and I put it right next to my Sailor Moon uh, manga because I was like, because they're married. Yes, because they're married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Naoko Takeuchi and um, Yoshihiro Togashi are married. So. Yes, they are the, the manga power couple. Yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> the two billion yen couple, that's their nickname in Japan. I mean, it's true though. Cause, oh yeah, they're loaded. Because <laughs> like, Yu Yu Hakusho was like insanely popular in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Sailor Moon, I mean, that goes without saying how popular it still is. Oh yes. I mean, if if we had to compare, I would say that Sailor Moon is probably more popular just because it's had more staying power over the years. No, it, I agree with that, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, as far as shonen manga goes, like, 
Yu Yu Hakusho is still like it's pretty iconic. I yeah, would say so. I mean, it did a lot of things. Like we'll get into this like pretty soon. Yeah. That how like Yu Yu Hakusho broke a lot of molds when it came to shonen series, manga, and anime, mm-hmm. and it kind of launched a lot of trends Yes, later on. very much. So a lot of people go back to it as, like, saying, you know, this is a very important piece of work. Yeah, and a lot of very current mangaka, like um, Kishimoto, Naruto's Kishimoto, he is very, very, very inspired by um, Yuhaku Sho and Hunter x Hunter and everything Togashi has done as a mangaka, so... That doesn't surprise me at all. I know. <laughs> and he is always readily, like, ready to admit it. Yeah. <laughs> he is very... On Tagashi, he loves him so. Yeah, most manga artists like wear their heart on their sleeves when it comes to like their inspirations. They do, but he is a giant fan of Yu Hakusho. Yeah, you ever read Naruto? That makes perfect sense. Like I haven't, you know, I haven't read all of Naruto, but like when that first started, uh, I think I've mentioned before that I have the Shonen Jump issue that has the very first chapter of Naruto because it has the very last uh, chapter of Roni Kenshin in it. Oh, nice. Because nice, <laughs> I was like, oh, Kenshin's ending. And so I bought that and I saved it. And I was like, I don't know what this Naruto thing is. But like... <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and I think then, you got a big story coming. I know. And then that became a thing. Uh, so yeah, I have like the, the Shonen Jump issue that has the very first Naruto. And like everyone's always like, why do you have this? And I'm like, well, the last chapter of Kenshin was in it that's the that's the only reason I got it because I was like I don't know what Naruto is yeah it was this new thing that was starting you know new stuff happens in Shonen Jump all the time and it doesn't always you know light the world on fire so we uh I already kind of told the story about like how I got into Yu 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 Hakusho it was one of those uh shows where I was like okay, this sounds interesting, and it looks kind of interesting, I'll get the first, like, fan sub tape and see if I like it, and I was like, wow, like, it instantly kind of hooks you in the first couple of episodes. Oh, that, for ep- that first episode hit you a lot harder than you remember? Yeah. When you first watch it. Yeah, when I did my rewatch, especially those first five episodes, mm-hmm. are probably the strongest start to a series that I can just, like, remember ever feeling like, wow, this is really unique mm-hmm. and interesting yeah it, it really like grips onto those like dramatic and emotional aspects which i feel togashi is really strong at as a mangaka yeah in such a short amount of time too yeah he's very effective yeah yeah so i already like i said i already kind of went like how i got into it like uh, how did you get into you hakusho i like the way i got into it's kind of strange <laughs> but um it's kind of a roundabout way of getting into it. But anyway, I remember when I was 10 years old, I was at a friend's house. We were having a sleepover, and she had this giant, giant, giant big screen TV. And anyway, we tired ourselves out from, like, playing, you know, mm-hmm. and whatever, and we were going to go to bed. And it was, like, you know, midnight or so, and we were like, oh, we'll just keep the TV on, and it'll go to sleep after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, just lull us to sleep, basically. Mm-hmm. So we turned on Cartoon Network. And it had this thing called Adult Swim on it that was brand new. Uh-huh. And her parents were pretty lax. She could watch Adult Swim. <laughs> Ooh. And so I was watching this big screen TV, and Yu Hakusho came on for the first time I've ever seen it in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was the third episode. Oh, wow. I remember it, which was the one where Kuwabara has to take that science test. Oh, yeah. It's the one where he has to help his friend uh, Okubo to keep his job, and he has to uh-huh. deal with that really nasty teacher and stuff. So I was, like, watching this. I had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, 
what is this? <laughs> I was just kind of baffled. I've never seen anything like it before because at the time I really liked anime, but I didn't really know it was anime because I was pretty young. Right. But I, I like Sailor Moon. I was really into Sailor Moon. I liked mm-hmm. Cardcaptor Sakura and stuff. Well, Cardcaptors. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, whole thing. Anyway, I was watching it and I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, why is this guy? Is he a ghost? Why is he helping this other dude? And like, why do they sound like that? And why are they always getting into fights? And I just was like, whatever, I don't get this. So I turned it off and I'm like, I'm never going to see this thing again. Uh huh. So I was like, okay, moving on with my life. I'm going to bed. So I went to sleep. <laughs> and then maybe like a year or so later, I was watching Toonami. <laughs> And, and then it came on again. It did. It was during the dark tournament. And I didn't really get a chance to watch a lot of afternoon time tsunami because I was, like, involved in, like, a lot of, like, extracurricular stuff, like sports and everything. Oh, sure. Yeah, but anyway, it was when tsunami was on Saturday night. Uh-huh. And I was watching it, and it was in the dark tournament. And it was, I think, the final fight. This is really hazy. It was the final fight with Tagoro, y- younger Tagoro in the final round. And he oh. was in his, like like 100% form oh my gosh and I was just like flipping through channels and I saw this and I'm like what what is that I was like super kind of like freaked out but like intrigued <laughs> by it oh like I didn't get it I was like this is gross and I want to watch this so uh-huh. the channel and never thought <laughs> so like you know <laughs> I saw it twice and it didn't leave an impression on me <laughs> Both times you were like, I am grossed out and weirded out. And I don't understand this. Anyway, <laughs> hey, this must have not been long after because I came back to it again on Toonami. Uh-huh. And it was during the part at the beginning of Chapter Black when Kurama is and um, Kaito are doing that little taboo off in the House oh, of Four Dimensions. Oh, yeah, That little mini arc. Uh-huh. And like... I didn't know it was you, Hokusho, but I was like, okay, I'll watch this because I'm in the song and it's cartoon. So, yeah. I was watching it, but then I was like suddenly struck with something when Kurama started talking because he had a really deep voice. Uh-huh. And I was a young little fan. Uh-huh. And I was like, he looks kind of feminine, uh-huh. but he has like a deep voice. Right. But he's a man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, this is kind of cool. I don't really get it, but I was kind of like, like attracted to it I'm like, yeah you're is... like i'm intrigued by this yes i'm like i kind of like where this is going like what's going on and also i've never seen like you know like someone like trying to use their wits and their smarts to get out of a situation even though i had no idea what was going on right but like obviously but you could kind of tell like there's something deeper going on yeah here. it's like there's a game and like they're trying like to outdo each other and like you know it's a battle between a bunch of nerds so yeah, like pretty much it, that's what pretty much what that fight was but i was just like kind of I'm like, what the heck is this? Anyway, the end of the episode ended with Kurama, you know, scaring Kaito and whatever. Right. And I was like, okay, this is actually kind of weird, but I kind of like it. Uh-huh. And, like, all the other... I started, like, getting introduced... So I started, like, watching it, like, kind of casually and whatever, and I was like, oh, these characters are kind of, like, intriguing, and I kind of, like, they're all kind of cool, and I was not, not really into things, like, um, fighting shows, like, I could not get into Dragon Ball Z, despite how many of my friends liked it. Uh-huh. Because the character designs put me off. Mm-hmm. I eventually came around to Dragon Ball when I saw Dragon Ball. Right. And I enjoyed that a lot more than I got into Z, but mm-hmm. whatever. But I was just, I really enjoyed the character designs. They mm-hmm. were kind of 
um, very slick and cool looking, kind of reminiscent of all the things that I usually enjoy, which were like kind of more shoujo-y, kind of younger, you know, like mm-hmm. Sailor Moon. I was really right. into Sailor Moon, and it kind of had that kind of like um, quality to it. I liked it. And also the villains were really interesting and it kind of dealt with some deeper themes other than things like, you know, Dragon Ball Z or whatever. Right. It wasn't just like, I'm the big monster and I'm going to come yeah. fuck up your day. Yeah. It was like, and also like, I came in on Chapter Black. And uh-huh. So Chapter Black obviously means a whole lot to me. Mm. And it just left a really big impression on me because I'd never seen anything like it before and... I just got really into it, Mm -hmm. and it was also my first fandom experience. I went on the internet and tried to, like, look up things. Yeah. I mean, I did that with Sailor Moon and everything, but not to the extent that I did with Yu Hakusho. (laughs) Yeah, because you were, like, you had to play detective. You you were like, I didn't start at the beginning. I gotta figure out what's going on. And, And, and like, with Sailor Moon, you can kind of, like, figure it out. It's not really that hard to get. Yeah. I mean, it's... For most things. It's pretty, like... Because Sailor Moon has like that formula yes. with almost every episode, it's it makes it a lot easier to just jump in sometimes. Yes, and Yu Hakusho like has a plot where it, it's not just a fight every week. I mean, they're fighting someone every week, but their fighting is leading on to something else going on in the plot. Right. So There's overarching plots. Yes, and so it's all connected. So like, if you missed a fight or something during the week, you're like, oh, what happened last week? I don't remember. So mm-hmm. like, I had to make sure I didn't miss him any. But anyway, I watched. All of Chapter Black that was on Toonami, but they ended it on Toonami right before Yusuke died a second time, which was episode 89. So they mm-hmm. didn't, obviously didn't want to show any death on Toonami, so they took it off and they started to rerun it from the beginning. Yes, that was something that they did a lot, and I know yeah. that annoyed so many people. It didn't annoy me because I haven't seen the beginning of the show. Yeah. So I got to see it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, you were finally like, oh my gosh, I'm filling in some plot holes. I know, and I'm like, I'm like seeing it in motion. Anyway, they played the first seven episodes of that, and then they replayed the entire thing and moved it to like this 5 a.m. time slot on Sundays, mm-hmm. which I didn't know about. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing back in the day. Like they would swap around times yes. for like different anime shows because they were like, well, I mean, we got to put it somewhere. And then you'd had to figure out like, wait, where did it go? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I need to see the rest of it. Like, I don't know what happens because like, it's a climactic fight and I don't know what happens. So yep. I had to seek out the internet and I had to find out, oh they're releasing DVDs I gotta get the DVDs somehow because I gotta watch the rest of it mm-hmm. and then I like eventually got them through lots of spending money and everything and I eventually got to see it but the thing is it's like it was still being released as I was buying them oh yeah so I had to so wait you'd get the new volume and then you'd be like oh no now I have to wait like two months yes yeah, so it was still being released and so I had to wait and it was something so but I bought them all because I was totally obsessed. But. <laughs> yeah, see, that was one of the big hurdles that we had to go through back in the day. Like, we had to wait for stuff to be released. Yeah. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like now where it's just like, oh, if you miss the streaming, the official streaming and stuff, you can just buy the whole box set. Yeah. Like, when they finally release it. Yeah. We didn't have whole box sets back then. <laughs> no. I mean, it was just... It was so difficult, but I saw it all eventually, and then I read the manga, Mm -hmm. because they were releasing that. They finished releasing that in 2009, so I eventually got that much later, but I read it all, but uh, it was, uh, it's just, it's like a really weird way of getting into it, but like, 
it's just it kept coming back at me be like hey 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 get into this yeah yeah the universe was like you need this in your life yes and like I was being stubborn and (laughs) and you were like no this looks weird like I don't like this but like it yeah like you said the universe was like pushing it on me hey Hey, no, you gotta get into this. You're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. I swear. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. And the, the universe is right. I love it. So. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was interesting how many. I knew a lot more female fans of Yu Yu Hakusho growing up than I did male fans. But then again, like I had a lot of female friends. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that might be why I knew so many. But a lot of them got into it in weird roundabout ways, sort of like that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people got into it because it was like. The big three of the time, I feel, was Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, and Yu Yu Hakusho. I don't know if Yu Yu Hakusho was that popular. I mean, like, I don't know. In the 90s, it was, like, it was it was pretty popular, I it was, feel, I guess in like, certain uh, circles. Yeah. Like, in in my circles, it was, like, one of the big three yeah. of, of the 90s. It was Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball, and, and Yu Yu Hakusho. I mean, like, if you think about it, like, Yu Yu Hakusho is kind of, like, a perfect meld of, like, the, sh- the shoujo kind of aesthetic mm-hmm. and like the shonen aspects of like yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Because that was something that actually sort of drew. Not to say it's like, you know, a carbon copy of Dragon Ball, which is not. No, no, no. It's completely different. But it is. It's just, it's just like to say, like, it has a great appeal across lots of different genres. Yeah, exactly. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, like, I had a lot of female friends who liked it, and a lot of them got into it because they felt the art was really appealing. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, um, I think I was telling you earlier, like, that was something that also drew me to it because, like, a lot of the characters, especially the female characters, were drawn with sort of these shoujo aesthetics to them. Yeah. They looked like shoujo heroines. And also a lot of characters were androgynous. Yes, that was, was another very, thing. Which is very common in shoujo manga. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kurama, obviously, pretty androgynous. And you could ar- also argue that Sensui was pretty androgynous, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a very similar look to... um. Kuroko. Yes, Kuroko. She's also, she has kind of a masculine-ishness mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. But, like, she's maternal. She's, it's just a nice meld of different characters. Like, like, no one is strictly feminine. No one is strictly masculine. They're all kind of melded together. They're more ra- well-rounded characters, I think. Yeah. You see a lot of, like, like, Botan, for example, like, she wore a lot of, like, well, she wore her typical, like, uh, her pink kimono a lot, uh-huh. but then you you saw her wear like pantsuits and uh, oh yeah, she's very progressive fashionally. Yeah, fashion she, wise, <laughs> she she wore a lot of things like that were like 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 kind of guy looking suits or like a biker outfit. Yeah, she, and she worked them all. She looked yeah, great. and I, I, that's another thing I also liked about Yuoka show is that they had. Like Sailor Moon, they had a bunch of different outfits the characters wore. Yes, I really enjoyed that a lot. They I'm really like, did. Yeah, and I was I always liked that in Sailor Moon because like oh they're not wearing the same clothes all the time, and mm-hmm. I was like oh that's kind of neat. They have a bunch of different like they have like tastes and they like mm-hmm. you know I thought it was really cool. Like some some days Yusuke wouldn't slick back his hair and he would just let it yes. be poofy. Yes, it was very cute. <laughs> and like Karama sometimes didn't wear you know khakis all the time. Sometimes he wore jeans, which is still kind of odd to me, but. <laughs> I know, Kurama wearing jeans, you're like, what? Yeah, it's just, it's kind of nice to see, like, that come out through a character. I know it's just a small little thing, but mm-hmm. I just really always like that, though. Yeah, but I think that was something else that, like, appealed to a lot of the, the female fans that mm-hmm. I knew that liked it. Because a lot of them got into it because they saw characters like Kurama, and they mm-hmm. were like, oh, this is very shoujo manga-y, mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued. And then they were like, oh, this is actually a really interesting series Yeah, with a lot of depth to it and a lot of emotion. 
And I think that is one of the things that was pretty universal with all fans. They were mm-hmm. like, you know, they get into it for like one thing or another, and then they found there, there's like so many more levels to it. Yes, it's pretty layered, like you said before. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's so good. But yeah, it's just, it's nice that it has that kind of mass appeal. It's not just. And even, like, the cast is so varied, like... Yeah, like, if you look at all of these characters separately, uh-huh. you wouldn't think these are all friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're all... They all look completely different from each other. And it's kind of, like, a very, very diverse cast. And mm-hmm. I think that's, honestly, the appeal of it. Because also, at the time that I was, you know, got around to actually liking Yu Hakusho, I was very into, like, boy and girl bands. Mm-hmm. At the time, like, I was super into, like, Destiny's Child and Spice <laughs> Girls and TLC, Backstreet Boys uh-huh. and Sync. And honestly, if it got, if, if, like, they marketed that towards me like that, I would have gotten into it a lot sooner. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so. Yeah, I think, um, I, I, I had, I poked a little bit of fun at it on, t- on my personal Twitter where I posted, like, like almost like 15 different pieces of like actual official Yu Yu Hakusho art and I was like every other piece of official Yu Yu Hakusho art just looks like they're all a boy band that rocks like <laughs> I'm into it yeah like, come on like. I was like if you had no idea what the plot was you would just be like this is a boy band this anime is about these these all all these different guys that are in a band together <laughs> like honestly I'd watch it <laughs> I watch it. Like, I mean, I mean, I guess I just liked it because it had like that, like a diverse set of characters, and that's kind of what a boyfriend is. Like, you know, you have the cool guy, you have yeah. the pretty one, you got the leader, the quiet one, the quiet one, the yeah. funny one. The fun- yeah, it's just like I mean, I know that's like super like pared down to what the characters, right? Are, but it's just like it's. It, I, I think it's cute. Like, it, it is. It's funny. It's, it amuses me. Yes. And someone actually reminded me. I think it was you and someone else that they actually did a. What was it, a drama CD? They did, like, a drama CD where they were singing character songs, but it was, like, at the dark tournament, instead of fighting, they were doing, like, a Battle of the Bands thing. Yes. And that was, like, legit. Like, that's a CD you can buy. That's amazing. They did it. (laughs) They They made my dream come true. (laughs) Before I even knew. (laughs) So we kind of touched on this earlier, but, like... I wanted to sort of go into why Yu Yu Hakusho is so important. Like, why it still resonates with fans, like, so personally. Yeah. Even after 25 years. Because I feel like, you know, it's kind of like what I was saying earlier. There's a lot of things about this series that later on, like, other people would copy. or, or And it started, like, all these trends mm-hmm. in, in shonen manga. And... I wanted to sort of touch on, like, some of those. Like, not just in the manga, but also in the anime. There was a lot mm-hmm. of things that... Because a lot of people who worked in this production went on to be, like, really prominent people now. Yeah, they're, like, superstars. Yeah. So, so this was, like, a really, really important series. And I don't think a lot of people... I think it's kind of like when you were saying earlier, like, well, it's just a shonen fighting thing, right? Like, yeah. I think a lot of people sort of pigeonhole it. Yes. as that when it's so much more than that yeah it's just it's there's a richness to it that's not always there in shonen manga it's just it has a running like line of themes and like i said before the dramatic aspects of it are really good that you would have never thought you would get from a sh- like a shonen manga that's surprisingly deep and whatever mm-hmm. and it's just nice that like 
we were able to get that through a vehicle that's usually for children and yeah. teenagers. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. that's surprisingly mature and like it. I mean, obviously, it's still you know targeted towards young boys, but like it's resonated with me and even when I was a young girl so yeah yeah I feel like a, a, a lot of the story is very universal because like at the heart a lot of the themes are really simple things like your family isn't always your blood relations it's who you are friends with you yeah, make it's your own like family a found, a kind of, uh, that's definitely a case with Karama mm-hmm. who is a character all about redemption yes so and about someone who struggles with guilt obviously and mm-hmm. he found a family somewhere where he didn't really expect so yeah nice. yeah yeah and same thing with Hiei and uh, Yusuke definitely so yeah the whole mm-hmm. uh a lot of people have probably pointed this out over years but the but the whole like the whole series of Yu Yu Hakusho is basically Yusuke's redemption arc, like the whole thing. Because when he when we start, like he has no real self worth. He's like, should I even be brought back to life? Like I know, and like that's like really devastating to hear from like a fourteen year old kid, right? But when like given his circumstances, it's kind of played down in the anime. But just to kind of frame the scene at the moment, Yu Yu Hakusho, which came out in nineteen ninety. This was at the height of the economic bubble in Japan, mm-hmm. where it was doing very well at the time, and the bubble didn't burst until 92, but to have a character and a popular comic, a comic magazine like Shonen Jump, be extremely poor, mm-hmm. and to basically live in, like, just to be a punk, and just to have no self-worth, like you said, whatsoever, mm-hmm. just to see him, like, my life is useless. I don't see myself living here. I don't belong here. No one seems to want me around. Yeah, the and world would be a better place without me. Yeah, it's a very, it's a wonderful life type thing. Yeah. And that's kind of a mature thing. Like, yeah, as for a kid's comic, that's really heavy stuff. It is. It's like, you know, why should I even bother to be alive? No one really even cares. And But, mm-hmm. like, the thing is, is, like, you know, Yusuke and his mom... I really love how Yusuke's um, mom, Atsuko Yurameshi, is written. Yeah, she's great. She's, like, a really kind of... She's obviously problematic. She's not a perfect person. She's no. kind of trashy, almost. But, yeah. like, the thing is, is that she's written very delicately, despite mm-hmm. this. She was a teen mom. She yeah. had Yusuke when she was 14 years old. Mm-hmm. And she is obviously very emotionally immature mm-hmm. because she goes out and, and drinks rather than take care of her son. Yeah. Because she didn't get to have that aspect of her life. But the thing is, it's like when Yusuke went to his wake and he saw her crying and crying and crying and crying about how much she missed him. And he's like, oh, snap. Like, she really cared about me. Yeah. Like, and oh. I can't believe I doubted her, you know? Yeah. Like, like oh my god, my mom. I'm kind of terrified <laughs> thinking about it. Well, it's it's really <laughs> heavy. It's really hard-hitting to think, like... this is the first like, episode. Yeah, it's really hard-hitting <laughs> to think, like, oh, here's a character who thought, like, nobody loved him, not even his mom. And then, like, he goes to his own funeral, I'm, and, like, his mom is, like, bawling, and, like, why not me? Why did it have to be you? I know, it's like, you're an idiot. Why'd you do this to me? Why mm-hmm. did you forsake me like this? You left me all alone, and... Uh-huh. Oh, oh, sorry. It is. It's really heavy and emotional stuff. And, like, and, like the thing is, it's like Atsuko and Yusuke are like pretty close in age, like mm-hmm. 14 years difference, and they're kind of more like, you know... Almost like brother and sister. Yeah, kind of like brother and sister, mm-hmm. and it's like, and also they lived in a, like, in the anime, they lived in a really kind of run-down apartment, but in the manga, they live in something like a shanty town. Yeah. And it's really depressing, and mm-hmm. just to see characters like that, that live in such poverty, have all these feelings and emotions and to know that like you know even though that you were in these circumstances you are still worth something and Mm -hmm. you still have a story to tell 
Yeah. It's really powerful, I think. And It really is. And, like, I mean, you didn't really see a lot at that time because a lot of the economy was doing yeah, so well. Yeah, a lot of people were doing so well. Like you were saying, and the economy was doing well. So to see a story where it's not like, hey, everything's great and my life is super was incredibly different. It was, and it's refreshing in a way. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's nice to know that no matter what your circumstances is that you are valuable and you have a story to tell no matter what like yeah. no matter what you've done you have worth <laughs> uh-huh and it's really great like <laughs> you can come up from nothing and be king of the demon realm <laughs> you can it, that escalated quickly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like that's just like one of the relationships in the yeah show. that's just one character the the <laughs> cast of Yu Yu Hakusho is massive it is it's massive and i think they're all they all have gimmicks and whatever, but the thing is, it's like, it like Togashi as someone who loves to like, like build up your expectations and something. He loves to pull the rug out underneath you mm-hmm. and like be, oh wait, I meant this instead. Mm-hmm. It's really great because another character that I want to talk about is Kuwabara, who oh Kuwabara, <laughs> Kuwabara, who is thankfully now I've noticed as a fan getting all the love that he deserves. Yeah, I I famously, like, I think I said this on my personal Twitter, but, like, when I was a teenager, I was just like, who is this jackass? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't like him. <laughs> and, like, I was really unfair to Kuwabara when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I think it was because I thought he was scary. Oh, because he's, like, a delinquent. Yeah. Like, he is, the thing with, with Yusuke is, like, he's kind of, like, conventionally, like, attractive. Yeah. Kuwabara. He's, he's it, not threatening looking. He's not. He has those big old anime eyes. Yes. And he's, like, you know, they're big brown eyes. And he's always, like, smiling, like, whatever, haha. Like a shit-eating grin. And, like, yeah. you're like, oh, you know, you're very charming. Like, you know, right. I, I can get behind this. But Kuwabara is just, he's, he's, like, he's more of a typical delinquent type character. Yes. He has the punch perm, and he's always trying to, I mean, he's getting in fights too, but he doesn't win a lot of fights against Yusuke, so you think he's kind of a loser at first. And he's really loud and obnoxious. Yes, and sometimes his voice might grate on you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Even both of the versions, in both the dub and, this, and, and the Japanese. And this comes from someone who loves Christopher Sabat and Seguru Chiba. I love them both. <laughs> But, but they play it up. Like, that's his do. character. He's supposed to sound like He that. is over the top. He yeah. wants you to know what he's about. <laughs> yes. But he is a man. He is a man. He, you know, a mulberry <laughs> is a tree. And Kuwabara is a man. As he has said many times. <laughs> he is the soldier of love. <laughs> he, I know Senshi. <laughs> the man himself, Kuwabara. Yes. Kuwabara the man. But, yeah, Kuwabara, like, you know, he's built up to be, like, this, like, really, like, scary type of delinquent character who's kind of a loser, and, like, you know, Yusuke's rival, you know, at least uh-huh. to him anyway. But, like, you realize that, like, he has a soft spot for cats and everything. His little baby kitten! And, like, throughout the series, Aww. especially during the Dark Tournament, you realize how vulnerable he really is and how protective Yusuke gets of him. He has a really... He ends up being, like, the purest-hearted character probably in the whole series. It's funny because once, you know, we were saying that he's pure and whatever, and he... The thing is, it's like when you get the chapter black, you know he's kidnapped and everything, right? Because mm-hmm. he gets a new... Um, a skill called the dimensional sword that can cut through dimensions and whatever. But anyway, but the thing is, it's like, yeah, he's needed for the plot, you know, to progress, for the bad guys to get their way. Mm-hmm. But also, he's the center of an arc that's about compassion. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who has to, sh- like, show people that, you know, humanity is worth believing in. It's like, despite all these horrible things that humanity has done, mm-hmm. there is still good out there. And we need to fight for that. And we mm-hmm. need to, like, keep going. And yep. Kuwabara being the center of, like, 
a chapter black literally and like thematically is like super great. I love it because <laughs> like he's super. Even to the enemies, he like saves Mitarai. Remember when uh-huh. he was fighting him in the rain? He yep. like despite all of the trouble he put him through, and after he said he was going to kill him, he saved him anyway. Yeah. And Kuwabara is like the goodness that humanity has to offer. Yeah. He is the proof. Because they the evidence. Because they even ask, he he even <laughs> asks him. He's like, why? Why didn't you kill me? Like I deserved to die. Like he gets all mopey and he's yeah. like really depressed. Like he's like, no, I should like just you know not be here. Uh-huh. And he's like, what kind of person would I be if I just killed you? Like, what? Wh- who would do that? Yeah. He is just. He's. Kobar is just so good. <laughs> he's just he's just full of so much kindness. And yeah, that's what his character is really about. I think. Which is which and is he is arguably. I mean, I know I know that Yusuke is you know half demon later. Yeah, he is arguably like the most human character. Yes, out of the group, and he is also the glue that keeps Team Yurameshi together. This is true because during the dark tournament, there is a point in time where Yusuke and Hiei were going to run amok because they were pissed at the, tor- the tournament committee. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, fuck this everyone's getting on my nerves, I'm tired of this, let's just kill everyone and, like, move on with our lives. And Kuwabara was like, no, mm-hmm. we are not doing this. We are better than this. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for Kuwabara, they would have gone wild. So, yep. Kuwabara is the one that keeps Team Yuri together. And it's funny, because Kurama commented after that, you know, like, he's the perfect foil for them. <laughs> Kurama being very observant. So. Yes, yes. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, it's really... It's so good! Like, I mean, it's like... One character. Yeah, that's. It's. I feel like we could just do like a whole episode where we go through like each, each one. character and talk about like how their personality, like part of their personality, is like a cornerstone to like the the themes. Yes. In the series, because it's true. I feel yes. like each character is an integral part. Even the characters that maybe aren't there for very long. Yeah. Or or only there for, like, certain parts of the story. Yeah, and, like, can I bring you up another example? I hope you're sure. not being annoying. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. There's another, um, you remember the Toya Kurama fight? Of course, yeah. Yes, that was uh, against Team Masho in the Dark Tournament, the third round. Um, Toya is, like, you know, kind of a minor character. Yeah. He's the ice master guy. Yes. In case y'all don't remember. I'm trying to put some context in here. Anyway, Kurama is fighting against him, and Kurama is fighting against a team of ninjas, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Shinobi, as they say in the show, but anyway, as Kur- like Kurama, as a character, you know he was a thief, mm-hmm. he was a demon, mm-hmm. and he was he lived in secrecy his entire life, and now he is out in the open. He's a human now. He is mm-hmm. taking the hu- a human form basically, and he has to fight against these people who have always been in the shadows, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to have that fight where Kurama wants to fight these people who were in a profession that was really similar to his. Yeah. So it's a really interesting fight, and like I, when I was going through my rewatch this time, I was trying to be a lot more critical, and I'm like going through all these fights, and I'm like, this is surprisingly well thought out. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was always well thought out, but I'm like, wow, I'm noticing stuff I never noticed before. The parallels between each of the characters when they go up against each other, like it has meaning. It does, and also Toya comments saying, oh, you must be very old to Karama. Uh-huh. Because Karama is very old. Yeah, he's... He's he, he's, an, he's an old fox demon. Yeah, like you said, he's... Uh, the version we're seeing of Karama is basically his human form where he, he had escaped from the demon realm. Yes. And had been... Uh, he took form in this pregnant woman yes. and was reborn as, like, a human bo- I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but that's, like, Japanese ghost Lord, mythology yeah. for you. Yeah. You know? 
it's kind of out there, but you know, you just run with it. Yeah, you just go with it. But anyway, it's just, it's like a little thing, but like, it's just, you get some insight into Karama's character. Mm-hmm. And like, you always knew he was old, but like to see it like actually like be present in the story mm-hmm. and like for someone, other character to say, oh, you know, you must have been doing this a long time, mm-hmm. fighting people in secrecy and everything. Yeah. And it's just like a little tiny thing, but it's so good. It's so subtle and like, it's so good. I love it. Yeah, it's it's little things like that that really leave strong impressions for the rest of like a character's development and things yes. like that. It's it's like I was saying earlier. It's like all these small things build up like these cornerstones thematically of like who these characters are mm-hmm. and their story, and it all really blends together like super well. It does, and you don't really get that a lot in stuff that was originally made for kids. Like, yeah, it's just there's like oh, it's just so good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like gushing. No, no, totally. So like when we were talking about like stuff where like these were th- things that like Yu Yu Hakusho like sort of started like trends with well it definitely brought up a theme at least in sensui's arc the chapter black arc uh-huh since we always had this like um this meaning of like black and white mm-hmm. like good and evil mm-hmm. which is a very prevalent thing in sh- like shonen manga of course very very prevalent and the thing is is like that worldview that he had his entire life it pretty much got destroyed right. when he was witnessing how awful humanity really is. Mm-hmm. And so he was just questioning everything, like, wait, why am I fighting these things that I thought were bad when mm-hmm. they're not, when they're, when they might be innocent? And, like, that dualism, that, you know, that philosophy he's lived by his entire life, it just, he's just, like, taken aback. It's like, wait, I don't know what's real anymore, almost. Mm-hmm. And also that, like, Sensui is a really interesting character because you have a character that is suffering from, a, like, a mental illness condition. Yes. That's not really prevalent unless it's played as a joke. Yes. But, like, I felt it was done pretty well in Yu Hakusho. Yeah. I mean, he's not... It wasn't like he was a bad guy because he had these mental problems. No. Because they didn't know about them until... He started doing all this bad stuff. Yeah. He, he actually, you know, they told uh, Yeah, until them. Spirit World was like, hey, you need to, like, stop this dude. Because yeah. he's going to, like, you know, release the demons on the human world and whatever. And I, it was handled, I mean, obviously not realistically like I mean, that's it's, not it's also shown in manga yeah. so like <laughs> but at the same time like you said it's not played off as like a joke because you know with people with diso- dissociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder it's been changed to yeah but it's usually played as a joke mm-hmm. and like oh you know they have like different personalities it's funny yeah you know, uh-huh. like, oh here's the silly personality here's the mean personality but they whatever. they actually showed like sympathy when when they discovered this they were like oh my god like what like when karama figured it out he's like oh wait he has seven personalities like this isn't like this is a lot more than i thought i was expecting (laughs) this isn't what we thought it was basically no and i mean and the thing is is like it's not handled perfectly no but it's just it's nice to see like sympathy shown towards the mentally ill yes in a popular comic like that. Yes. And since we has never really demonized, if anything, he is seen as enlightened and pure. Uh-huh. He's not really seen... Well, I mean, you could argue, like, pretty easily argue that Togashi doesn't really have villains. He has antagonists. Yes. He, they don't really feel like villains. They're just... Until you get to know them and you're like, oh, wait. Like... It, it was the same with Tagoro too. Like, Tagoro 
was all about redemption. He wanted to redeem himself from making, mm-hmm. from betraying his friends and, you know, King Kai and whatever. Yeah. And he was stubborn and he didn't want to admit he was wrong. So he was just going to go through the whole thing. He mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I'm just going to live this life and I'm going to be a horrible person because that's the, that's the decision I made. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is the, the hole I dug and now I'm going to jump into it. Yeah. Like, you know what? I made a bad choice and I'm going to prove you were right and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he makes himself suffer for that. And... Yeah, I feel like, like you said, like the whole, uh, not so much villains, but antagonists. I think that was something that really changed in Shonen series after Yu Yu Hakusho. Like, because before that, we get a lot of like, this is the bad guy. They just want to do bad things. That's their personality. Yeah, it's like, they're bad. We want to stop them. We're good. They're bad. Like, it's very cut dry. Mm -hmm. I mean... With Dragon Ball, it was kind of like, well, I, I hate comparing, like, it's okay. two different things, well, but... Well, it's just, funny because Akira Toriyama is a huge influence on Togashi, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so, like, with Dragon Ball, most of the bad guys, it was like, yeah, they're bad, but then later they would redeem themselves. Yeah, that was common, kind of, in that era. Yeah, so. so it was like, oh, you were a bad person, but now you're a good person, and it's okay. Whereas, like, Togashi's, like, especially in, like, Yu Yu Hakusho, it was, oh, you weren't necessarily, like, just pure evil, mm-hmm. but you had problems and... You made bad choices. You made bad choices. Some of them got redemption. Some of them didn't. Yes. Uh, and that's just kind of how life goes. So it felt, like, more realistic. Yeah, it's just... It, it kind of corners that a little better than mm-hmm. I think. It's not as kitty. It's more... Right. It's, it's kind of opens your worldview, like, hey, like... You can do these bad things, and yet you can recognize they're bad, but you don't have to, like, forsake yourself for them. There's a chance at redemption, which, like, Harama... Right. Harama's a totally different character from that, because he's like, you know what, I did all these horrible, awful things, but I'm trying to be a better person because of it, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to forsake myself because... Yeah, because when we first and meet... And I'm not going to drown in guilt. When we first meet <laughs> Hiei and Karama, uh-huh. they're both, like, basically villain characters... They are. ...that Yusuke has to overcome, mm-hmm. but he figures out, like, oh, well you guys actually aren't really just, like, evil dudes doing this to be evil. You have reasons you're doing these things. Yeah, it's, like, it's not, like, it's nothing exists in a vacuum, you know? Like, right. There's all these different things influencing these characters to act a certain way, which is something Togashi really focuses on because he really fine-tunes his characters, I think. That's something he's really good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Hiei, he was originally supposed to be a one-off bad guy at first, mm-hmm. but people enjoyed him, his snarkiness, <laughs> and his personality, and they were like, hey, you know, let's keep Hie around. He can, he's a good foil for, like, Huavara and everything. <laughs> but also, Hie has this, like, sense of innocence to him, which ties him back to his relationship with Yukina. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nice little, like character trait he has Mm because you can tell he's relatively young he arguably fits more in with like you know yusuke and kuwabara despite acting all high and mighty all the time (laughs) compared to karama who's like a dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) and like a 14 year like a 16 year old kid's body yeah it's really it's really funny when you think about it like that he's technically like the oldest of all of them he is like uh i mean next to maybe like genkai (laughs) obviously he's definitely older than genkai but (laughs) it's just it's it's really funny. It's, I, I really just... Oh, the characters are so good. But yeah, and like, there's just... It really just, like you said, it really laid the foundation for lots of other... Ins- like, inspiration for other series to take note of. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was... Even though it doesn't really maybe get as much attention, 
as you know, Dragon Ball or like, um, God knows what else was running then, but like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's kind of like how, how it's written. It's subtle. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be paying attention. And once you get in there, you're like, wow, this is actually like really well done. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like I would have never thought that, you know, something that looks as typical as this mm-hmm. would be kind of really impactful. <laughs> And uh, another thing that I noticed, like, while I was doing my rewatch this time around was the, I feel like this time, because I was paying more attention. Yeah, uh, kind of like a, a critical eye to it. Yeah, yeah. I could mm-hmm. definitely tell more of the horror influence yes, over everything. Yes, and yes. it's not just, like, one version of horror. Like, he covered so many subgenres of horror mm-hmm. that it was really, really interesting because there, there was, your typical, like, there's zombies, yes. there's, like running through a haunted castle there's just your typical like monsters Mm -hmm. uh but then there's also like body horror elements and Mm -hmm. just like psychological horror elements Mm -hmm. and just uh just regular old like weird 70s trippy sort of like (laughs) like house sort of elements to things yeah you're right it has a ton of horror influence and Togashi is very shameless for showing it he (laughs) if you guys obviously didn't notice from watching the show or reading the comic he loves Alien the movie yes he loves Alien that's his favorite movie and you can totally (laughs) tell he says he says it's his favorite movie because it's his his favorite situation in which characters die off one by one (laughs) and he also and also (laughs) he loves H.R. Giger who who designed the xenomorph yes um, very famously. Very, very famous. Very famous. Who does a lot of really interesting, like, sci-fi horror art. Yes. And uh, kind of, like, uh, I guess, like, some body horror type stuff. Because, yes. like, I guess alien, a lot of alien stuff would be considered body horror. Yeah, it, he does a lot of um, interior design, too. Yes. And he does a lot like, of, and, and he does furniture design, too. Yeah. He like, like, if, if mean, you, um, I think there was some backgrounds in the final episode mm-hmm. where like you see this like interior of like a demon realm oh yes like Kuro's bug castle yes <laughs> and it's all like guts and like weird st- and i was like that's a total uh geiger inspired like interior right there and also if you look at the dark tournament that oh yeah that's that second stadium the dark tournament mm-hmm. tagashi is so shameless <laughs> he is like i love alien it's going in here and also his love for alien also comes out in hunter hunter with the chimera ant arc but that's of a course whole, that's a whole other podcast yeah that's a whole different that's, kind of worm. Uh, that's a whole different thing but anyway he is very shameless with his love of horror and he on the and with the zombie Sebula, mm-hmm. he loves dawn of the dead oh yeah that's a really i've noticed that's a really popular horror movie for manga artists like yes. Araki really loves dawn of the dead too yes uh, I think he also loves Day of the Dead as well. Yeah. Um, uh, like, I think everyone just really loves those Yeah, and I think he also movies. likes 28 Days Later, which I've never seen. But I know uh, it's like... That's pretty, that's a pretty good It's one. pretty good. Yeah. Um, gosh, what else? He also loves John Carpenter, and he loves John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Yes. And if you've seen Prince of Darkness, you're like... Of course, Takashi would like this. It makes perfect sense. You're like, wow, look at all this hopelessness and despair. <laughs> Takashi loves this. <laughs> he and eats it up with a spoon. He does. Like, he said that Alien is, fair, is his favorite movie, but he has seen Prince of Darkness the most. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, he just, he, like, and also, it's also funny because all these things, like, especially H.E. Uh, Giger and, um, 
uh, Alien and also Prince of Darkness, they're really like HP Lovecraft inspired. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's sort of funny because like that kind of trickles down because mm-hmm. Togashi never really has ever mentioned HP Lovecraft because that's American literature. I'm sure he hasn't right. read it or whatever. But like it's just funny to know that, that kind of trickled down to him. And he also that's also like the kind of like cosmic horror mm-hmm. stuff is really prevalent in Yuoka Show because when they're talking about the demon realm and they're talking about how many layers it has, and like, yeah. it's like, oh man, this like goes on forever and I'm uh-huh. kind of freaked out. I'm kind of overwhelmed by the massiveness of like how many S-class demons there would be that we <laughs> right? don't even know what they look like or whatever. They would just be like horrifyingly like huge in numbers yes and also that's that's also kind of prevalent hunter hunter with the dark continent arc because mm-hmm. that's also a situation where they're like hey look at all these really horrible things that come from this one place that we know <laughs> and that's just about. the tip of the iceberg yes exactly it's like oh you, you, like you know you know, like sorry you know the chimera ants those came from there but they're like a b-level threat <laughs> so they're like nothing <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like nothing so yeah dark continent like not to get off topic but i'm really excited for that art <laughs> but anyway but yeah it's just like it's funny to see how like he is like indirectly inspired by lovecraft a little bit mm-hmm. so and i think something that also uh i wanted to touch on just a little bit was just how big of a part women play in Yu Yu Hakusho. Yes, that's giant. <laughs> and, like, people don't usually think about that because it's like, oh, you know, there's Keiko and, and there's Botan. And, like, oh, yeah, that's it. It's like, no, there's so much more. Like, you guys you guys just need to watch more. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole slew of really amazing women in this series that, like, I feel you don't really hear a lot about because you're like, well, this is Yusuke's story and Yusuke's friends. And then uh, offhandedly, you're like, oh yeah, and then there's all these women characters, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and Togashi draws really cute girls, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, his character designs are really great. But, like, I mean, when you think about it, like, Genkai... She's one of the most important characters. She is, and she's Yusuke's teacher. Yep. And also, I, this is like a tiny, tiny thing, but I love... That Genkai is an old woman. Mm-hmm. I love it that she's an old woman and she does not give a single shit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm too old. I'm too old for this. I'm going to go play some video games now. Yeah. That's her. <laughs> yeah, she she literally spends her free time playing video games. Like, that actually becomes a part an integral part of a plot later in the series, yeah, which is hilarious. Plot. Yes, it's just like... And I love it that, like, she's old. And, like, yeah. Cause, like, and she doesn't... And she sounds old. Yes. She looks old. She's not, like, Lisa Lisa. Yes, I was just going to bring that like, up. And, like, JoJo's, who, like, she's secretly, like, an old woman, but, uh, like, Hammond is keeping her, like, looking yeah. super young. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I love JoJo. Yes. And I love Lisa Lisa. And I love Lisa Lisa, too. But, like, I think Genkai is just much better written. <laughs> I feel like it's really important representation. Yes. Like, it's, it's not, like... You don't see, when you see old women in manga or anime, it's usually a mom, mm-hmm. a grandma, or uh, just a random character meant for like a gag. Yeah, they're just like, or they like make fun of how old and ugly she right. is or whatever. So it is amazing that there is a very popular, prevalent shonen series mm-hmm. where there is an integral character to the plot and she's an old woman. Mm-hmm. And she sounds like an old woman, and she looks like an old woman, but she could beat the shit out of everybody. <laughs> yeah, and she's done it barehanded. Yes. Without any of her spirit powers. Yes. 
And right, she, when she gave it over the Yusuke. <laughs> I mean, there are times where she uses her her spiritual power to revert to her younger self. Yeah, when she's using the spirit wave. Yes, mm-hmm. but she doesn't always look like that. No, and like Tagoro like tells her that she's old and yeah. ugly, and that she made the wrong choice. And she's and just like whatever. She's like you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, you're a dummy. No, that's she is like the thing with Taguro and Genkai is she is so fed up with him. <laughs> he is so full of himself, yeah. trying to do this redemption, and she is just like you know what? We could have been happy doing whatever if you would have just chilled a little bit. Like, yeah. If you would have scaled back just a little bit. And Taguro is just very bent on that. But yeah, yeah, you can tell, you can kind of see why she got frustrated with him. It's like, you know, obviously she loved him. Yeah. But it's just like, you know what, like, you're just getting on my nerves. Like, yeah, their whole story is like super interesting because the pieces to that story don't even really fall into place until like, it's over, really. Yeah, you're kind of wondering like, what is going on there? Yeah. Because you get so many snippets and you're kind of in the dark, just like, you know, the actual characters are. Mm-hmm. But you obviously get in the know later, where you're like, oh, wait, like, I can see how this kind of went down. Yeah, and I feel like this is another uh, sort of storytelling device yes. that Togashi sort of, like, pioneered in Shonen Jump. Like, yeah. you didn't see a lot of stuff that didn't just outright be like, and here's the flashback explaining everything right in the middle of their fight. Yes, because that would have been distracting towards the fight itself. Yeah. And also, like... The thing is, is like Tagoro is defeated. You don't have to worry about beating him anymore. You can slowly no. focus on his story. Yeah. Like, why is he this way? Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's tighter. Yes. You know, it's not distracting. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was smart, like you said. It yeah. Was, and yeah, it's just, uh, that's really good. So. Yeah. But, like, uh, there's a lot of really good, like, we get to meet later on, we meet the very first spirit detective. Uh, Karoko Sonata Sato. Yeah, Kuroko Sato's maiden name Tanada. Yeah. Sonata. Yeah. Because she gets married. She gets, she gets married to, like, a Togashi lookalike. <laughs> a Togashi Mary Sue. <laughs> Togashi self-insert who isn't Itsuki. <laughs> yes, but, like, um, yes, t- you're right, Kuroko was the first spirit type. The first spirit type was a woman. Yeah. And she rocks. So. Yeah, she's really cool. I mean, she has these two kids who she's already trained. They're, like, what, like, five? And she's already, like, <laughs> getting them to beat up Yusuke. <laughs> I know. They're, like, gunning to, like, get, like get demons and everything. It's, like, she's not messing around. Like, yeah. She's, like, oh, no, I'm going to be, like, the next Genkai, guys. <laughs> no, she is, like, uh, Kuroko is so cool. She, I would love an entire backstory about her. I know, because we see her, like, in a, a flashback with her, basically her botan. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, like, oh, I want to know more about that. Yeah, you get this photograph of her when she's young, Mm -hmm. and she is obviously overweight during it. But the thing (laughs) is, it's like, it's like, and obviously she grew up and whatever. Yeah, she she explains she was like, that summer I grew like a foot. A foot. But I didn't gain any weight. Yeah, and so I I evened out. (laughs) So, like, it's just like, it would be so sick to have like a Spirit Detective prequel with Kuroko. As, like, a kick-ass fat girl going in there and being amazing. Yes! That would be amazing. I would kill to see that. Like, that would be so cool. We need more kick-ass fat girls in media. Especially shonen media. Yes! Because, like, Karoko rules. Like, <laughs> sorry, she's, like, she's probably, like, one of my favorite Yu Hakusho characters and favorite characters ever. Despite yeah. how, like, little she shows up, shows up in the show, it's usually, like, three episodes, but... She has so much potential. Yeah. Because not only is she, like, totally strong and kicks a bunch of ass, she's also really funny. Yeah, she is really funny. And she is super laid back, 
And she also, like, when she first met Sensui, for the first time after Sensui is defeated, mm -hmm. this is, like, the arc where Yusuke meets Kuroko is kind of like a bridge arc between Chapter Black and Three Kings. Mm -hmm. But anyway, she called him. She's like, you know what? Something was up with him. Yeah. I could tell that he was fragile and there was something was going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, he was going to break almost and mm. like and it was just oh she called him out and it was just it's so cool like yep. she's so perceptive and observant and oh she's just so cool and i would love to see a whole arc about her yeah uh, and oh i wish we had more time where i could talk so much more extensively but i would be remiss without like mentioning shizuru oh shizuru who Kobara. i love she's she's uh Kobara's older sister and she's amazing she's, i love her she's like, uh, I totally forgot how, like, I kind of, like, low-key had a crush on her. <laughs> she's, like, super laid-back and cool. She's, mm -hmm. she's actually one of Togashi's favorite characters. She's super tough, too, and she doesn't take any shit. I mean, they went to the spirit realm to watch the tournament, the dark uh -huh. tournament, and, like, she sassed back at, like, all those demons around she her. She put and a cigarette in someone's, like, a demon's mouth to make them, like, go away. Yeah. She and, did not care. And, like, they were like, whoa, okay. Like, they okay. backed off. They were yeah. like, wow, she means business. Like, we're not gonna mess with that. <laughs> and, yeah, she's she's obviously more spiritually aware than Kuwabara. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if, you know, if she got a story. But she just kind of, she is so low-key. She doesn't want any trouble. Yeah, she's like, whatever. I don't think, like, she, I think if someone offered... <laughs> her to be a spirit detective, she'd be like, oh my god, that's too much work. Yeah, you know? no. Um, just screw no. that. <laughs> yeah, she's, that's just not her style, you know? Nah. She's the cool uh, One-san. Yes, she is great. I love her. And also, I love Yukina. Yes, yes. she's so sweet. Yukina's more of a kind of softer character. Mm -hmm. and Which is kind of nice to see in such a, uh, uh, a show with a lot of harsh characters. Yes, and also when the, one of the harsh characters is her, her brother. Her brother, yes. <laughs> It's oh. it, it kind of gives him like kind of a little softness knowing yeah. that he is related to her. Uh-huh. Because it's, like when when he's around her, he definitely like he, he changes. Yeah, he's like, like very protective and he's like kind of quieter, more neutral. Mm -hmm. And he you can just tell that he wants the best for her and he also forsakes himself because he's like I don't want my sister to know that her brother is a criminal. Yeah. What if she rejects me? He's afraid of rejection, um, rejection, you know? Yeah. It's, it's it would be devastating to him knowing that she might hate him. Yeah. Because she she's aware that he's like he used to be a criminal and all this other Yeah, stuff. like she's aware of that, but Yukina is just really sweet. But yeah, I I don't think that she would have ever judged him so harshly. I think she would have forgiven him. But that's another, like, you know, realistic yeah. sort of thing. Like, how many of us never tell somebody, like, our true feelings because we're afraid of rejection? Yeah. Like, that's a realistic feeling. Yeah, and he, you can, like, that kind of also shows his innocence again. Like, he mm -hmm. doesn't have experience with this. He's like, I don't really know what to do in this situation. Yeah, I've never had family. I don't know what the hell to do about this. Yes, he's like, I've been alone and... This could be a chance not to be alone, and I'll know if I want that or not. He's mm -hmm. hesitant. He's reluctant. You know, yeah. it's really so. Nice. He's like, I guess I would just rather be her friend than yeah. than nothing. Than like not knowing that you know I'm her brother. But anyway, mm -hmm. like Yukina as a character, if you haven't noticed, um, Togashi really loves Hayao Miyazaki. And he really loves Clarice from Castle of Cagliostro. <laughs> she is basically Clar Clarice. Like, in a way, yeah. And, um, yeah. The, she's the Clarice character. She softens. Sweet. Uh, yeah. She softens everyone around her, basically. Because everyone loves her. Yes. I mean, Kuwabara goes nuts every time oh she's around. Oh my gosh, yes. Yukina-san. Yukina-san! 
Yes. <laughs> he just screeches it. Yeah, but also Yukina has this kind of harshness to her, too. Like, Hiei has the softness to him. Uh-huh. It's because she, obviously, if you know anything about Hiei's backstory, the ice apparitions that she came from were very very like traditional as in they didn't want any men in their society yeah they forsaked any men that came yeah it was basically a nunnery yeah it was they killed innocent children if they were the wrong gender yeah which which is a whole can of worms to get into but anyway she always knew it was wrong Mm -hmm. and there was one point in the show where she was like you know what i wish all those horrible people would die because mm-hmm. they caused my brother so much pain and so many people pain. and mm-hmm. Which was kind of shocking to hear from her. I know, because, you know, Yukina is pretty soft-spoken and she's kind of, like, docile and, like, she's kind of, like, a typical ideal of Japanese femin- like Yeah, the, she's, like, like femininity. the... She's the, like, the Yamato Nadeshko yes, thing. Yes, she's, like, she just represents that and to hear, that, hear something like that coming from a character who is usually pretty demure and quiet, is like, whoa. Like, whoa, that's... It's pretty... That's a shocker. <laughs> that's, that's like, whoa, girl. Like, uh, it's just, it's nice to see that she has more aspects to her personality than just being sweet. Right. She's She has a little bit of an edge to her. And then, of course, I gotta mention real quick, uh, my favorite cyborg demon queen. Ah! <laughs> go, go, go! <laughs> Morocco. Oh, Morocco's so great. (laughs) Yeah. I was really blown away with this character originally when I first saw the series. And, like, even now, like, looking back, it was... It's so apparent that, like, that last arc is, like, kind of rushed in the anime. Yeah. But... I mean, it is in the manga, too. Yeah. But she Which we'll get into later. She is such an interesting character. And the fact that, like... She is held in such high regard mm-hmm. uh, and has gone through so much hardship throughout her life. Mm-hmm. And plus, she's technically a character that has multiple disabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she has she's lost her eye. Mm-hmm. She's lost like most of, most of her skin on like uh, yeah, the she, upper half of her body. Yeah, she's been like burnt. <laughs> yeah, really badly. Uh, she she has an artificial arm mm-hmm. and. Like, that wasn't really something that you saw in anime or manga, unless it was, like, a villain character or and, something yes. scary. Yeah, and the thing is, is Makuro is presented as a villain at first. At first, yes. But, I mean, as an antagonist. But, like, the thing is, is you learn more about her, and you learn more about the Three Kings and whatever, <laughs> and you know that they have, you know, pasts and everything. You find out that Yomi is tied up with Kurama when mm-hmm. he was a thief. You find out that Horizon, one of the other kings, is Yusuke's ancestor. Mm-hmm. And then Makuro is not really related to anyone, but she had some interest in Hiei because she knew how strong he was and whatever. And she kind of knew about his pet, his backstory a little bit because she has people. Yeah. <laughs> She's got people. But Makuro is just like so strange and she's like eerie but she's also like super laid back and funny yes like the thing is is like she looks really grotesque and repulsive you know with like even with her like sutra little mask on and whatever when Uh she's hiding herself but like it's just you don't expect like this really scary looking character that have like a really kind of funny sense of humor mm-hmm. because she makes a bunch of jokes in the manga, specifically that weren't in the anime. Well, actually, no, they were in the anime because she made a Star Wars reference. 
Oh, that's right. She's, she's like, did. she's like, I'm not like here to tell you like I'm your father or whatever. So yes. she has somehow seen the Empire Strikes Back. She is somehow yeah. She is. she she is somehow aware of Star Wars even in the demon realm. <laughs> there is like some secret like VHS smuggling <laughs> ring in the demon world. <laughs> So she has seen Star Wars, and also, she has this 77-man personal guard, and the only reason that 77, 77 is because she thinks 77 is the cool number. <laughs> yes! And it's like, what? She is just so funny. Yeah, and, and that's like, that's not really something you got from, like, you know, antagonists that were women. No. It was usually, like, really just, like, oh, I'm a sexy villainist. Ho, 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 ho. Yes. You know? And, like, she she just has, like, Tagashi is often said with female characters and with characters in general. He's more, like, drawn to things that are repulsive and that are more monstrous and things that are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think Rikuro kind of represents that. And also she talks in a very vulgar, coarse way. Yeah. And it's really cool to see, like, a female character do that. <laughs> And it's just really me. And I, she, like, like you said, she had like she is a character with mul- multiple disabilities. Mm-hmm. And the reason is of that is because she is a survivor of sexual assault. She yes. was in like kind of this sex slavery thing with this guy who used to own her, who she referred to as her father. And her backstory is just they cut it out of the anime completely. Because I mean, it, it's it, it, really harsh. It's very harsh and dark and. Yeah. I mean, especially for a Shonen Jump series. Yes, <laughs> like, like, Tagashi was like, I'm going all in with this one. But anyway, she, like, her, like, eventually, at the end of the arc, there's this one point in the manga where Makuro is, like, depressed and whatever, right? And he was like, oh, what's wrong with you? And he was, like, you know, prying at her, trying to get answers out of her. And she got really pissed at him and, like, blew him out through the stomach. Yep. She got really pissed at him because he was, like, you know, mocking her and mm-hmm. her being upset about something he kind of knew about, but not really, which was uh, her best. He didn't really know that much about it. But right. Anyway, he eventually found who her father, quote-unquote, was, the person who, mm-hmm. her, her abuser, and he got this plant from Karama, who was, which was similar to the plant that he used to defeat Elder Tagura with when yeah. he was fighting him in Chapter Black, uh-huh. which is kind of like that thing that makes you suffer for all eternity. You can't die. Yes, yes. And he had got that, and he found her abuser, and he combined him with the plant, and he presented it to her as a birthday present. Yeah, because it was her birthday. It was her birthday. That's why she was depressed. Yes. Because she got assaulted every year on her birthday. Yeah. And he brought that to her, and he's like, happy birthday. And it's so, so satisfying, to, especially now with all the controversy going on about women speaking up about sexual assault. Yes. To have a character. And this was, like, in the 90s, y'all. Yeah, this was, like, 1993-ish, probably, when yeah. this stuff was going on in the manga. Yeah, and, like, to have, like, a female character win out against her abuser in the end and also make him suffer for all eternity was great. <laughs> I mean, I love it so much. I mean, especially as I've gotten older. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's what it's one of those like living vicariously because yes. like you know, like there's no way you could ever do that in real life, uh, but in a, in fiction, you can do anything. Yes, and like I have worked with sexual assault survivors. I used to work at a crisis center. I've been on phone calls with people who have been uh, survivors. I have been with them in hospitals. I have been mm-hmm. with them in court. It's 
just so satisfying to have a character that wins out in the end yeah. against the person who wronged her, mm-hmm. especially in such and like y'all, Makuro. If, if we're talking, we 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 really talking about power levels earlier. Mm-hmm. She is arguably the strongest character yeah. in the entire show. They never really go out of the way to like confirm that or make a big deal out of it. Yeah, but. When she's fighting against Hie mm-hmm. in the, the Three Kings tournament, uh-huh. uh, I mean, she literally cuts through space and time. Yeah, she is, like, legit, y'all. Like, I mean, then, like, uh, she's just, she's so good. And also, they kind of represented the abuse and everything pretty well in the anime where she has shackles yeah. on her hands and Hie helps break them. Yes. So it's kind of like more of a symbolic It's really subtle in the anime that you almost miss it. Yeah, and they do that with a lot of things kind of, since the manga was kind of jumbled at the time since Takashi was really exhausted and tired from producing it. Yeah. The anime kind of rounded it out a little bit to kind of get the themes in that Takashi had, but not to be overly explicit with it. Right. Because they were like, um, this is still technically a kid's show. It is, but like, it's just... (laughs) It's just so nice to have, like you said, to have a char- like a female character who has disabilities, and who is still being portrayed as very powerful, very yes. capable, has agency in her own story. Yes. Uh, well, she's portrayed as having agency. I mean, uh-huh. obviously, these are fictional characters; and yes. they don't have their own agency, but they're being portrayed as having control over mm-hmm. their environment and themselves. And 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 like her being like extremely powerful and very like. There are characters who are literally, like, insanely jealous of her power and, like, the things that she can do. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, whatever, this is just how I am. Oh, yeah, and sorry the about only it. reason she didn't win the Demon King, the Demon World Tournament is because she just didn't feel like it. Yeah. She, she literally just, was just another like... Another sense of, like, her arbitrariness where she's just like, you know what, I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> she was like, this really doesn't matter. <laughs> she's like, like, after she fought Hiei, she's kind of like, I don't... Really I don't really care. Whatever. Like, I, I got done what I wanted done. It was kind of like Yusuke. Yusuke didn't really care if he won or not. No. He had bigger motivations outside of that. He did. And, like, yeah, oh. And that's just, like, a couple of female characters. Yeah. I mean, that's just, like, kind of the highlights. But, oh, there's so many good ones. So. Yeah. And so I feel like... Not to mention the announcer girls from the Dark Tournament. Ah, Jury and Koto. They're so cute. They are. Yeah, Takashi draws really cute women, so... I mean, Koto is basically a kitty girl. Who doesn't love a girl with cat ears? Especially in the 90s. Yes. Oh, they're just... But I did... I I always thought Jury was interesting because she's like a dragon-y fish girl? Yeah, she's like a fish girl. (laughs) (laughs) Which was, like, super interesting. And, like, leg warmers. Yeah. Like, you know, work it. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's the 90s. Why not? Yeah. Go all out. Mm -hmm. They probably have, like... They're still probably rocking 80s fashion in the demon world, right? Um, they should be. Because <laughs> it's only the early 90s, so they're like, oh, like, the tr- the trends haven't trickled down yet. <laughs> yeah, they're still kind of a, they're kind of a little ways back. But, like, I, I, I really wanted to, like, because I'm sure, you know, when you listen to podcasts about, like, maybe Yu Yu Hakusho or stuff like that, like, I'm sure people talk about, like, Ex- extensively why they love, like, all the male characters. But I don't think there's a lot of people who, like, extensively talk about these really amazing female characters in Yu Yu Hakusho, and I really love them. I know, and, like, so. and also, like, I've never, even as much manga and uh, how much media I have consumed from reading Yu Yu Hakusho or from watching it, mm-hmm. I have never seen some female characters that are portrayed this way outside of here. It's or, true. Or Togashi's work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's nice and refreshing, and yeah. I wish more media would be like that. And I think it is kind of getting that way. Yeah. 
So I mean, obviously, there's like there's some things that Togashi didn't handle like super well with yeah. Yu Yu Show. Like there's some. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of like queer elements in Yu Yu Hakusho, but not uh-huh. all of them are done super well. Yeah, it's like it's kind of like it's like when you're young and you kind of resonate with kind of those ideas uh-huh. the, the um like being gay or being transgender or whatever it's like something resonates with you with that but you're not really sure how to like portray it and, or express like, it or properly express it. and it's like you you like it but you don't really know how to like get it out and that right. happens a lot because um there's uh in sensui you know he has a quote-unquote female personality uh-huh and it kind of you know gives them the idea that, like, oh, maybe he's, like, gender fluid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of an interesting concept. And I always kind of thought of Sensui as that way, even though even though I didn't really understand the concept of gender fluidity because that didn't really was present when I was watching this because this is all very kind of recent. Right. All this, all this kind of fine-tuning of all this... Um, Terminology yeah, and, and like, stuff like that. Like, understanding, like, what we mean when we say we're gay or right. we're trans. Or right. It's like, I have an idea. Yes. It's it's easier to communicate now than it was back in the day when you yes. when like you were like when you want to portray these type of characters. Mm-hmm. But like I mean, and the thing is with the female personality, quote unquote, the sense we had is that she was very feminine. Mm-hmm. She handled the cooking, she handled the cleaning, she cried a lot, she read poetry, and it's mm-hmm. like I get it. It's not super progressive, but like the thing is it's like the seed, the idea yeah. is there. And uh-huh. like and it's also like that with Karama. When I mentioned earlier, the whole reason that I like kind of was into Yu Hakusho to begin with is because like, hey, like this person is a man, but there he has feminine qualities to him. Right. And I'm like, oh, like now he's probably trans. Like you know, it wasn't outright explicit about it. Right. But there is this like inkling that hey, Karama may be a trans man. Like you don't know. Like. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, it makes sense that Takashi would be into kind of these kind of LGBT themes because he was really into shoujo manga, which also had a lot of kind of androgynous gay characters. Right. And he was also really inspired by um, Maya Mineo, who is the manga co for Petario. <laughs> oh, yes. And, like, when you think about it, when you think about it, guys, it makes so much sense. Yeah, because that's like a super, super queer manga. <laughs> oh, it's all based in boys' love. Yeah, it's he. He first re- he first started reading shoujo manga and that in middle school, mm-hmm. and obviously very formative years. Mm-hmm. And like, there are lots of jokes in that manga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're not exactly tasteful, but like, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's there. I yeah. mean, there's this androgyny and there's this presence. Oh, for sure. Of, of like feminine masculinity and it's like it's just really good and also Takashi said that he was pretty much inspired by one of the characters from Batario who was skunky oh that makes so much sense Batario's little rival oh. and when you look at skunky you're like oh wow he looks very similar to him <laughs> and also you can kind of kind of like compare Batario to like Kawinma in a way yeah, because they're like they're both like these little tiny weird bossy characters. Yes, <laughs> they're both like kind of short and stout. Yeah, yeah, and it's like kind of funny because you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense. That makes that yeah, that makes sense. It's That's cute. like uh, <laughs> you were telling me earlier that like he was also super inspired by Urusei Yatsura. Yeah, and that has like this huge ensemble cast, and yes, Yu Yu um, Hakusho has like a, a bajillion characters. Yeah, and um, 
you obviously heard of the Mamban, uh, or Osama's Mamban. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's actually a lineup that for Jump. They are oh. called Jump Ryu. The only thing is that as they're not not like um, Mamban, they're not like they're not on TV. Oh, you have to buy them. But anyway, uh. Tagashi had one. Oh, this was Volume Twenty One. It came out last year, and he talks about how much Yurisayatsura had influence on him, mm-hmm. and how he kind of he got perspective on how to kind of gain a female audience and how to write female characters and. Like that's really that's really great. Yeah, because I love your Sayasura. So. <laughs> yeah, me too. And it's obviously, a fame, you too. Obviously, it's it's like probably my favorite Takahashi thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. when I found that out last year, I was like, oh my gosh, like this makes so much sense. No yeah. wonder I love your Sayasura so much, just because it reminds me of you, Hakushin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I've talked about how Sayasura like basically was the the manga that launched a thousand ships uh, <laughs> because like it inspired so many it's manga so artists formative yeah and, and influential and it's really funny to see that like you know the the people who were inspired by that and now the things that those people created are now being inspiration for like people like Shimoto who did Naruto <laughs> and like you know it it always goes yes. back to like you know who that person was inspired by. And it's yeah. really, really, yeah, it's, it's a, really cool it's that, a, it is. that, um, a, a lot of artists of like the nineties mm-hmm. and like the eighties were super influenced by shoujo manga. Yes. It's, it's really, really interesting. Like, uh, uh, Izumi Matsumoto who did, uh, Kimogori Orange Road. Mm-hmm. Kimogori Orange Road is basically a shonenized shoujo manga yeah uh so <laughs> so it's it's so apparent you're right you're right it is. it's so apparent that like a lot of these people read shoujo manga when they were young yes and it's really really interesting to see how that has just kind of trickled down throughout the years without people even really realizing it yeah it's like but it's cool to like know that like like you said shoujo has an effect on these big big shonen properties mm-hmm. that are giants now and that are hugely influential and now those people are influencing new artists mm-hmm. and it's really cool like it is cool yeah it's also nice to know that creators don't exist in a vacuum they are inspired by so many things and they're not afraid to talk about it no and tagashi is one of them he yeah. is very shameless with what he likes <laughs> And I'm super grateful for that because I love hearing about the inspirations for the things I like. Me too. And, like, Togashi says, like, the best way to, like, be a mangaka and, like, to be an artist is to take inspiration from others. And to take, like, hey, I like this idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to kind of take this idea and, like, make it my own. Yeah. And, like, put my own spin on it. Because people always clamor about originality when it comes to work. Mm-hmm. And I get it. But I think when they're talking about originality i think they're more trying to like convey that they want an authenticity to the work yes that they're reading instead it's not really something original they just want the author's perspective to come out and they want to see their point of view Mm -hmm. and something that can be like oh you know what that is totally so and so Mm -hmm. that is totally tagashi that is totally rumiko takahashi you know yes and i think that that's what people like but yeah. it's just, yeah, so. You want to see the love that they have of these things, but shown through their point of view. Yes, it's like, I love, like you said, Takashi loves horror movies, and that definitely comes out in Yu show and For Hunter, sure. Hunter. And it's just, it's nice, it, he's inspired by these things, and mm-hmm. he wants to show people, like, hey, I love this thing, and this is, like, my own take on it. Yeah. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting, because, you know, when I was young, I never really 
noticed uh-huh. but i i was into horror uh-huh. and so it's like of course i loved you you look at all this horror reference like holy crap why did i never know because i was a dumb kid and i didn't notice yeah it's you just know? it's kind of like oh wait like i really do like this thing this kind of tells me a lot about myself yeah with re-watching it there was a lot of me going like of course i love this show so much look at all this stuff that i like Never really noticed before yeah. when I was a dumb kid. It's just kind of like you, like looking back, you're like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. If it was any more obvious, it would have smacked me in the face. But you know what? You gotta learn and grow and realize, like, you know what? Yeah, I can see it. So, I, uh, like, I went through this whole phase where, much like with every anime and manga I really got into as a teenager, I had to buy, like, every piece of merchandise I could find. And back <laughs> then, it was really hard because we didn't have, like, eBay and Ame Ame and, yeah. like, all this other stuff. So, like, every time I got some sort of Yu Yu Hakusho thing, it was, like, a finding a treasure. Yes. It was, like, amazing. Like, uh, at one point, I had this pen pal in Japan, mm-hmm. and for Christmas, she sent me this little box mm-hmm. of Yu Yu Hakusho stuff. I'm so jealous. From Japan. <laughs> and I thought I was the coolest person in the world. I mean, you were. That sounds awesome. <laughs> like, because, okay, she sent me a pack of pencils. Uh-huh. Uh, and they were, they each one was a different color. There was a blue, a green, a red, and a yellow. Mm-hmm. And they all had a little angry Yusuke face on it. Cute. <laughs> and then I had a mechanical pencil that had an image of them all looking like a boy band on the pencil. Love it, love it. Uh, and then it, there was a little stamp set, which I still have to this day, <laughs> where it's a tiny little Kurama, a tiny little Yusuke, and a tiny little Botan. And I used to stamp them all over every notebook, every piece of paper I could find. Yes, I was just like, yes. look how cute they are. Yes, ah. they're super great. And, That's really neat. And the best part of all, a little Kurama keychain. Oh, of because course. I told her brand for you. Yes, because I told her Kurama was my favorite. Of course Kurama was my favorite. <laughs> um, and I still have it to this day, though. He has been through a lot. Like, I used to have him on my school bag. And one time I had my backpack sitting on the floor. Yes. This was, like, in, oh my gosh, like, 7th grade, probably? 8th yeah. grade? And somebody stepped on it. And broke oh, no. and broke poor Kurama in half. As if he hasn't suffered enough. <laughs> I know. In the TV show, getting his stomach slashed oh. in every fight he's ever been in. Oh, and I was so, I was so distraught. Uh, I came home though, and my mom was like, "Okay, we have some super glue, and we super glued Kurama back together." And so I still have him, but Kurama. <laughs> I still have that keychain. But there's this like fine crack. Oh like through the middle and like for the longest time as a kid I was like poor Kurama is ruined you can see this crack right there but now I'm just like I put you back together I'm so proud (laughs) that's really cute but yeah like that's really crazy that like you were able to get like pretty cool merch from the time where it wasn't even really available yeah it was like this was like 97 I want to say yeah there's like nothing yeah, so there was, like, nothing really in America to say of, because it wasn't, like, a thing here. Um, and, and I even, like, I think at one point at a convention, like, one of the first conventions I ever went to, I found someone was selling, like, 
little, like, it was a little stationary set mm-hmm. of, like, Yu Yu Hakusho. And I was like, I need this. I need to buy it. Because I didn't even know what it was. Uh-huh. I was just like, there's papers inside this plastic thing, and they're covered with Yu Yu Hakusho characters. I need it. And then, like, it was a, a little notepad. And then it was, <laughs> this, is, this is how fucking old it was. It was diskette labels. Oh, my God. For three and a half inch floppies. I love it. I love it so much. And it was like the pictures were like one was like uh, Kurama like with his hair blowing <laughs> through the breeze and he was sitting in like a field of flowers oh and then God. the other one was like uh, Hie with like a shit ton of bandages all over his arms and they oh. were like coming unfurled and I, I know exactly what you're talking ah! about. Yeah, you've probably seen it. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's amazing. I can see it so clearly like in a in a GeoCities like oh my God. image gallery. Take me back. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna put these on discs and my discs are gonna be so cool. I I was like the biggest nerd about this. That's amazing. That's great. I, I, that. I used to use those discs to put my anime images on that like I saved from like some GeoCities or tripod thing. Uh, those are the days. I thought I was balling. You were. <laughs> don't down yourself like that. That's great. That's some OG stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I also uh, at one point I found a, a mechanical pencil that also had like a, a rolly stamp on it. Remember Yes. <laughs> like pencils that would have like a rolly stamp on I top. I think I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it had a rolly stamp on it of Koenma. Oh my god. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I and love it, it so much. And it was like, it wasn't like baby Koenma. It was like. like oh, it was like hot Koenma. <laughs> yeah, it was like adult Koenma. And I was like. and adult it said Koenma. <laughs> it was like his little head with like. Oh the, my god. It was just his head. <laughs> with the path of the and then it had his name in English in this weird, like, almost comic sand font. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like crying. I'm sorry, okay, oh, cool. Oh my god, that's And, perfect. like, I was so distraught because I was like, oh my god, this is part of, like, uh, a whole line of pencils that have stamps. I could never find any of the other characters. The only one I could ever find was Koenma, and I was oh my so God, sad. Though, but, like, that's so on point, though, for him because he's constantly stamping stuff in Spirit World. That's his thing. He stamps like, papers. It's, like, like the one that fits the most. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah. my God, it's so perfect. Oh, uh, did you have any like beloved Yu Yu <sighs> merch? I mean, I know oh. you obviously have some now. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't really find any back in the day, just because like I didn't really know where to get any, because I wasn't really mm-hmm. super involved like with pin pals like you or anything. Or I didn't really know where to shop on the internet, so I was just kind of like. Eh. I know it was it was mostly like luck back then. It I was. Feel like. It was, but like um, <laughs> I remember. It's not. I haven't really started like collecting like Yu Hakusho merch maybe until like I started like in high school uh-huh. where I like went to cons. Yeah, I have um, like little box figures. I have one of uh, Koenma, and I also have one of Yusuke because I was those were the only ones that were there. And also, I wanted them because they're Yu Hakusho, of course. <laughs> yeah, you're like I'll buy anything Yu Hakusho. Give me. <laughs> yeah, basically. And also, um, they had a line of figures come out in 2012. And I bought all the boys. <laughs> I bought Yusuke, Karama, and Hiei. And then eventually they came out with Kuwabara and Yoko Karama. Ooh. So I got those. 
And then I also collect Yu Hakusho cells, so. Yes, when we <laughs> went to A-Fest, you showed me, like, you got a Genkai. Yes. Which I was just like, oh, yes, I got a, I'm in the presence of a Genkai cell. Yeah, I got a Genkai, and I got a Botan in her little trainer suit from the Dark Tournament. Yes. Which is, like, one of my favorite outfits she wears. That is has, a really cute outfit. It's, it is super cute. I also <laughs> have a Makuro one. From the Hiei fight that she had. Oh, that's yes, awesome. It's pretty sick. I love it. And uh, I also own Yoshirin Dupon, which is a doujinshi that Togashi wrote after Yu Hakusho ended. Oh. He needs, and he gave it away at uh, Summer Comicette in 1994. Wow. I, that's like vintage. It, he only made a couple hundred copies of it, I think. Wow. And I own it. <laughs> that's pretty amazing, and, actually. Yeah, it is. And like considering like how like how much like juice he spills and he said he like spilled a bunch of things about what he wanted to do in the story and he kinda gave like, you know, insight on like, you know, he wanted to make manga for himself mostly. That's mm-hmm. why he, you know, amused himself with all the occult and the horror and everything because he mm-hmm. was a big fan of that. And he um also like the most hor like I both love and hate Tagashi all at once. Because there is like this one thing he wanted to do at the end of the manga, which I hate. <laughs> oh. I hate it so much. E- you know how, like, um, Asamo Tezuka has a star system thing? Right. Where he, like, says, oh, these characters are all actors, you know? Yes. Tagashi, and then they make cameos in other yes, things. Tagashi wanted to do that with Hiyoka Show and invalidate the entire story. What? I'm like, no! I was so pissed. I'm like, no! Mm. No, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, she, no. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah, I want to turn them all, like, into actors and have, like, different names and they all, like, have, like, different personalities from oh. the characters. And I'm like, Takashi, no. I was just, it makes me so mad. I think that's, like, the normal fan reaction if you're a Togashi fan. Yes, it's like, oh, my God, don't get me started on, like, Hunter Hunter stuff get me going for days but <laughs> oh my god like he i love him but he frustrates me so much yes uh but yeah anyway in um in uh yoshirindapon he talks about why he finished uh the yu Hakusho serialization the way he did uh-huh and everything and he just obviously everyone knows that towards the end yu Hakusho Tagashi was absolutely exhausted he mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if any i'm sure some of you may be familiar with hunter hunter and how the frequent hiatuses that Tagashi takes with it. Yeah. Even people who aren't fans know they're familiar with him. But the thing is, is with Yu Hakusho, Tagashi didn't rarely took breaks from it. Yeah. He basically he, worked himself to the point of exhaustion. He did. He worked all the way through. He didn't take any breaks. And he just was really hard on himself about it. And he was exhausted. I remember him saying in interviews that he was, he started feeling the exhaustion as early as the Chu Yusuke fight in the Dark Tournament. Oh, wow. That's Really That's the first round of the yeah. dark tournament. And he said, like, there were some points in the manga where he was never satisfied and he wanted to get rest because he just couldn't work like this. Um, it was too exhausting. Yeah. Artist, artist burnout is real, yo. It is. And he just wasn't satisfied with his work. And um, even when he got rest, he wasn't satisfied with his work. He's like, this kind of sucks. I don't like any of this art. And so by feeling like he's not a good artist, he felt like he had to draw everything himself. Mm. So even though he had like all these assistants, he didn't u- utilize them enough, and it's like, you know, he was pushing himself to the limit here. Yeah, because he felt guilty. Because I remember he drew the Yusuke Sensui fight almost all by himself. He Oof. drew Yusuke meeting Ryzen all by himself. He was just running thin. He just could. The poor guy. He just 
couldn't take it. He just and he wasn't pleased with himself. Even though I think that Summit Sagashi's best ink work is actually done during Chapter Black, when mm-hmm. he does those pages by himself because they are so filled with energy and emotion. Mm-hmm. Probably because of the mental state he was in, maybe. Yeah, because I mean, he was just that would make sense because he's frustrated and he's. It's just, it's coming out through his work, and yeah. you can see it, and you can see how tired he is, and that exhaustion kind of shows through the fight with Yus- with Yusuke, because he looks entirely beat up and everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but um, he said that, like, when he was drawing these scenes by himself, readers would regularly criticize his art, saying that he's not doing his job and everything, yeah. and that's really unfortunate, and it's like, eventually, when he finished Yu Hakusho, he said, if I manage, he, he, this is what he says, if I manage to have a long serialization and jump again, I will end it on my own terms. And he eventually got that with Hunter Hunter mm-hmm. because he can come and go as he pleases. And yeah, they trust him. They trust him because Takashi is like a huge cornerstone for Jump. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to know that even like as an artist or someone who struggles, who creates content of any kind, right? Like you can be like you, some you can be a podcaster, mm-hmm. or you can be a musician, or you can be an artist, or you can be anything, a writer. Like creating content like that, it's like finding out like finding out there are people who will accept that you need to do a work on your own terms. Yes, is very important. It is, and like knowing that people will still respect you and that people will understand that like hey you're not a machine yeah and you need to go at your own pace yes like these things take time yeah and it's just it's nice to know like even if you struggle creating content that like there's light at the end of the tunnel because Tagashi he constantly said that while he was drawing Yu Hakusho there were points at time where he wanted to quit drawing manga altogether Mm -hmm. and wanted to give up art because he was just so exhausted from the schedule he was trying to keep. Mm-hmm. And he said that the darkest point in his career was when he forgot why drawing manga was fun. Aww. And it's really, really great to know that he got past that point and now he can do a long serialization on his own terms and now he loves to do it again. So, yeah. Yeah, and also, like, people often after the dark term they say oh well you know chapter black and the three kings aren't weren't as good they weren't as you know tight or whatever mm-hmm. but the thing is like despite that there's a lot of richness in them yeah and a lot his some of his best characters come in those arcs uh-huh and i feel people dismiss them too easily but also people always say oh you know well hunter hunter is like more thematically prevalent and it's like it's technically a quote-unquote better quality manga well you know why that is is because Tagashi's getting gets more rest. time yeah he's getting rest he gets more rest <laughs> between chapters that he does that's why it's so good is like he yeah. has time to fill out this content and mm-hmm. like get it out there and yu Hakusho is still really great mm-hmm. but there is nice that he can like do what he wants right and get it out there and it's just uh, yeah i feel like that's a really important sort of message to put out there especially in this day and age where i see a lot of like because i follow a lot of artists like on twitter and instagram and like all this stuff and you you see a lot of artists who are just like oh i just need to take a break but i'm almost too scared to do so because i don't want to lose like a bunch of followers or i don't want to lose the respect of like people who follow me or anything like that and it's like no you need to like go at your own pace and the people who really truly love your work mm-hmm. will stick around. They will. And it's true because people have been, they love Tagashi and they keep coming back to his work. Mm-hmm. And that's why he has a regular spot in Jump is because people know they'll come back to him mm-hmm. because he's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, Definitely. so 
but yeah, you're right. It's like, if people only value solely for the amount of content you produce, yeah, it's, you don't need those people. Yeah, it's quality over quantity, guys. Yeah, you don't need those people who are going to call you lazy when you're anything but lazy. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't rush perfection. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but like, anyway, I don't, this kind of got off on a tangent because I'm talking about Yoshirindapon, but like, that's one thing. That's like probably one of my greatest treasures. I love it so much. It's like one of my favorite things. And that I, is really amazing. I'm yeah. actually really jealous. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a, like, uh, Dojinchi from that era is like, hard enough to find anyway and then yeah. something so rare where he was like i only made like 200 copies of this yeah <laughs> i mean that's like i mean i that's like i know his wife Naoko Teguchi. she she put out a few doujins but those are super hard to find because yeah. she probably made only like a hundred of those or less yeah because she was just like oh, whatever this is just a little thing I and made. it's funny because like her and takashi actually make doujinji together yes and they've made storybooks together they have which is adorable yes they made a comic um they made a comic about the birth of their children yes and there was one comic where takashi was reading erotic fiction <laughs> to, to uncle takuchi's baby belly because there's that couple. <laughs> there, he's just that person. <laughs> Actually, she's the one who suggested that he. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, they they are a pair. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, it's like and um, there's one called Togashi Kingdom too, where they drew together. But uh, Togashi also likes drawing doujinshi in his spare time, like in general. Mm-hmm. He's drawn doujinshi where he kills Yusuke for a third time. Oh my gosh! Because he just couldn't get enough of it. Apparently. <laughs> he's just like you know what Yusuke needs to do again. That's Die. That's Yusuke. <laughs> whole point of living is to die i guess so. i mean how else are you gonna go back to the demon realm huh? uh, yeah but yeah they uh, they they like yeah it's pretty cute so. there's and there's so much like new merchandise coming out for the 25th anniversary oh this my year God. it's been just like a flood of like new stuff all the time i see on twitter and i'm just like i i don't have enough money stop <laughs> yeah because like they've had cafes they had yes. new cafes. They had an, an one in Anime Plaza, which is a cafe in Ikebukuro in Tokyo that specializes in like anime collaborations. And there was also one. They also have one in Sapporo, which is in uh, Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. So they had that too. And they had a Yume, uh, one called the uh, Yome Cafe. There was one in Hong Kong. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they had that in there. And there's also one going on now until the end of the month. Uh, and it's the Tree Village Cafe, which is at this Tokyo Sky Tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they have a bunch of cute merch there now. Yes. They, they, if you've never, like, heard of an, uh, one of these pop-up, like, anime cafes, it's basically an excuse to do, like, really cute themed food that's usually, like, (laughs) Only so-so. It's more like you're going to, like, take a billion pictures for your Instagram and your Twitter. Pretty much. Uh, and, but if you go to the cafe and you order so much food... Like, you basically unlock the option to go shopping in the exclusive cafe store. And (laughs) that's what people want to do. They want to go get the exclusive merch that you can only buy at the cafe. And it's super rare. Yeah. And you can only get it there. (laughs) So, like, you see a lot of the hardcore fans, like, go to these cafes, like, multiple times. And, like, you also have to schedule an appointment. Yeah. You can't just, like, show up. You have to schedule. You have to buy a ticket or you have to call and make an appointment. Like, it's a very 
Like, it's, like it's very complicated. It's exclusive. Like, uh-huh. they want to see how many hoops you're going to jump through to get there. Yeah. It's part of it. And, like, uh, I've seen, like, reports on, like, these cafes and stuff. And it's, like, nobody goes there. And it's not, like, a normal cafe environment where, like, you know, people are talking and laughing and having fun. It's, like, people go to their booth and they order their food in silence. <laughs> and then they sit there and they take a million pictures. And <laughs> they some, just geek out. <laughs> and they just kind of geek out quietly by themselves. And then they eat their food kind of quietly by themselves i mean sometimes like people will go in groups but they're usually like talking very quietly just to their table and then like they very quietly and excitedly go to the little (laughs) merch room and buy all of the stuff they want uh and sometimes like it's limited like sometimes it's limited to how many things you can even buy yeah like sometimes it's limited to how many food items you buy is how many pieces of merch you can buy and there's also a limited quantity of like food items you can buy yeah they they might be out of one food item for the day because like everyone else before you like ordered that piece of food and it's also funny because at the anime plaza cafe the one that came first there was a to grow sunday 100% 100% Sunday. Yes! And it was giant. It looked like you needed five people to eat that thing. <laughs> did. Anyway, they only offered ten of those a day. Wow. So you had to get in there and get it. But anyway, <laughs> it just shows you, like, it's great. <laughs> but yeah, and, like, um, you were mentioning the exclusive merch and everything. Uh-huh. But they also have, like, other events, like merch events. They had, like, a um, Chara shop open up in Shibuya. They had... Um, Let's see. They have jewelry line from Artemis Kings now. Yeah. They have, like, I, this fancy, like, jewelry and, like, rings and stuff. I believe, like, Super Groupies also had, like, yes, clothing lines. They had Karama and Hiei shoes and purses and jewelry. Yes. That was from last year, though. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, like... But it was still kind of for this, the, the 25th anniversary. Yeah, it was, like... It was, like, gearing up towards it. I, I guess so, but, yeah. It's, like... And if you guys don't know, Super Groupies is, like, an anime company. Like it's, like, an anime merch company that, like, exclusively makes expensive fashion items. Yeah, they make, basically, like, high-fashion anime-inspired things. Yeah, for the... For the, the haute, haute couture people. Because yeah, yes. they, they've done, like, stuff for Cardcaptor Sakura, yes. Trigun. It's mostly, uh, like, for Otome um, titles and shoujo titles that they mostly do it for, I've noticed. So. Yeah, but they also did, like, Yu Yu Hakusho. They did things that, like, yeah. are, like, basically... Oh, girls also liked this. Yes, and it's usually with handsome men. So. Yeah, so like with Trigon, it was like they did a lot of Vash and Wolfwood inspired yes, things I mean, because because women were super into <laughs> Vash and Wolfwood. Yeah, and also um they uh, some other merch they had they had like Bandai put out this like Karama hair treatment. Oil. Yes, Karama hair oil and Megumi Ogata who's so extra who's the voice of Karama uh-huh. in the Japanese version. When they released it, she tweeted it and was like, "Oh my God, look at this." It's so pr- she was like freaking out over it. Yes, and I think I even said something about like you know finally the the role that Karama was born to play hair product uh, spokesperson. I mean, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and also they put out an Elder Trigger plush from Bandai. Um, I know that Yusuke and he got um, Susums for Jump's twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, those they're little super cute. the little fake some some. Yeah, they're like. Knockoffs. Knockoffs. They're cute. They're cute. They, they also got cute. like a bunch of posters and like Atome magazines and Animedia. Oh yeah, they got like spreads in all the magazines and yes, like pull out posters. Yeah, I got a patch magazine, the one where they're playing poker. Yeah. I, oh, you showed me that one. It was really cute. Yeah, and it's I like, like the one where they were all dressed in suits, drinking champagne. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. And um, yeah, they just. 
God, they had like a Monster Strike collab, like a mobile phone game in Japan. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the voice actors went back uh, for that. Yeah, did the voices for it, which was a huge deal because um uh the 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 actor who plays uh Yusuke mm-hmm. hadn't done any Yusuke voice mm-hmm. since the anime like and they'd even done games and he hadn't come back for the games yeah and it's also really funny because um nomusu sasaki yusuke's seiyu yeah yeah. he went to ton of these ton of these yuhaka show cafes (laughs) and like he went and like signed things Uh and it was like a huge deal yeah because like he almost went to every event because Mm -hmm. you know he's yusuke yeah yeah so (laughs) he's gotta go it was it was pretty amazing uh like the fans in, like, Japan were, like, totally freaking out. It's and, a huge deal. And I was just like, oh, they are so lucky. I know. <laughs> and also there's, like, a J-World Tokyo event that's happening next month, I think. It's kind of cool. So they had, like, a bunch of, like, now they're, like, they're like hyping that up. So there's, like, a, a bunch of, like, new art. Yeah, yeah. They released, like, a Yusuke and a Kuwabara image just recently. And I was like, oh, my gosh, these and look really good. And they did Kurama and y- Yoko Kurama the most recently, I think. So. Yeah. 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 I was just like, oh my god. And also, like all this also, cool stuff. Also, the most important Yu Hakusho 25th anniversary thing is the Sanrio collab. <gasps> yes! With Batsumaru. It looks so cute. It features the main gang, you know, Yusuke Kuwabara, Kurama, and Hiei, Kawinma, Pooh, and Younger Tiguro. Yes! It's gonna. It's coming out in December, and I, y'all, I never dreamed any <laughs> anything like this would ever happen. Ever. Uh-huh. This is, like, Huge Sanrio collabs are great, and yeah, like, and, and they usually only happen with like newer shows. Yeah, and are like really like vintage, popular ones like Sailor Moon. I know Sailor Moon has a My Melody collab that's happening yeah, now, yeah. which is really great because Sailor Moon gets a lot of things, but Yu uh-huh. like doesn't get anything. Yeah, so. Yu Yu Hakusho never gets like stuff on this level usually. So yeah. like when they announced that, I was like, oh my goodness, I lost my shit. <laughs> I was like, and I'm really excited because they did do for a brief window uh-huh. you could order some of the sailor moon my melody stuff on the american sanrio site so i'm just like please sanrio crossing my fingers please let us order <laughs> yu yu hakusho batsmaru things and it's funny because like batsmaru is also like kind of underrated kind of like yeah. yu hakusho is and he's he's sort of like the delinquent yeah, character so he kind of fits in and also he kind of looks like he <laughs> he does a little bit <laughs> I've seen like fan artwork, you know, fans on a uh, J- Japanese Twitter. They draw in, like, they draw Hiei and, and Bats next together. It's cute. So. It's really cute. Yes, oh. but it's like great. That's probably the, mo- the thing I'm most hyped about. So is the Sanrio collab. So yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that if Sanrio doesn't do it, that I can find them like at least on eBay or something somewhere. They'll probably go up on like some auction site. Yeah, soon, because. So. All of the art that they released it's for it so good. looks really good. And it's like, y'all, like, the new art that they've been doing for the 25th anniversary, I'm like, eh, it's okay. But the Sanrio <laughs> art is, like, super cute. It is. It is super cute. It's really, it, like, if you haven't seen it, like, I know, I, I'm pretty sure, like, all the major anime news sites had, yeah. had run something. If you just look up, if you just Google Yu Yu Hakusho Sanrio, you mm-hmm. will find it, and they are adorable. They're so cute. You, I really can't you wait. You will to literally see. go, aww. <laughs> I really can't wait to see what they come out with, so I'm super I'm curious. really hoping that there is at least a giant coin must stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, really curious on what they're going to do, so I'm, like, don't really know what to expect at all. I'm, I'm 
almost positive they'll probably do some sort of plush toys. They have to. I buy them all. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I would have to buy them all because they Please take my they money. <laughs> they all have to be together. I know. That's why I bought all the figures. I can't leave one out. Like I can't. They're family. The, the whole team needs to be together. The boys need to be together. The boys need to be back in town. <laughs> The boys are definitely back in town this year. They are for their 25th anniversary. Oh, it's so exciting. I'm so so happy. I feel like this this little uh <laughs> <laughs> this tail end of us talking about like all the cool new merch that was coming out this year is a pretty good segue into like a little sponsor break. Oh. Uh so if you if you haven't been listening to some of the newer episodes you might not have noticed, but lately I've been running a sponsorship with avoneshop.com, which is a little online shop that specializes in not only uh, vintage toys and video game collectibles, but also vintage anime goods as well, uh, which is awesome because it helped the, the sponsorship helps me pay for materials for the show, such as uh, making me feel a little better about all the... Uh, <laughs> time and work I pour into this as well as you know the, the stuff that I have to like watch and yes. prepare for with the show and your purchases from Avane shop uh, go to an actual small business run by two really awesome ladies so like if you're listening to a nostalgia podcast you're probably old enough to remember the days before places like eBay or Ami Ami or Good Smile Company, you know, the, the dial-up internet days of like small mom and pop anime shops where like you would go to look for anime goods because there wasn't a big retail mm -hmm. anime place mm -hmm. online. So it was kind of like treasure hunting. And Avani Shop always brings me back to those sort of memories, yeah. those days of like treasure hunting for anime goods mm -hmm. uh, because their stock is always changing. Uh, with various vintage stuff because that's what they specialize in and they don't currently have any Yu Yu Hakusho stuff because I looked because I was thinking that would be pretty perfect to go along with uh, this episode but speaking of Togashi's wife Naoko Takeuchi they also they always have a big selection of vintage Sailor Moon stuff like plushies and toys and accessories for the vintage dolls in case you're missing any from transporting them around all these years uh, they also have vintage anime cells from stuff like Cutie Honey Flash, uh, Onesama E, aka Dear Brother, uh, and the Street Fighter anime, uh, as well as toys and Gashapon from like things like Evangelion and Lupin the Third. So you should definitely check out their shop at avaneshop.com. That's A V A N E S H O P.com. And as a special treat for Halloween, uh, until November the 20th, 2017, you can get 15% off any order that you make at Avani Shop uh, using the coupon code Anime Nostalgia, all one word, when you check out. Now it'll ask you for a code in step two of your checkout process in the payment information section, which is the first text box after your order summary. So you can help support this podcast and a small business by buying cool stuff. So I think that's a win-win. I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> and so now... I feel like, you know, we could probably talk for two more hours about <laughs> how much we love uh, things about Yu Yu Hakusho, but I got a bunch of amazing questions mm -hmm. and special memories from listeners, and I really wanted to get through some of these. I know we're already sort of running long, but I feel like 
since this is a special anniversary celebration, like, Yu Yu Hakusho deserves it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it to go a little long. <laughs> if you need to take a break listening to the podcast, I understand. It's a little bit I'm of a sorry, long one. I'm sorry, I've been battling. No, this is all quality talk, though. It's, it's really good stuff. Yeah. So... Special memories. So many, many people wrote in talking about how they watched the original series on TV, either on Adult Swim or Toonami. And I had a few people who were like me who were like, oh, I remember getting fans of VHSs like a long time ago. User A Lizard in Crimson on Twitter says... Uh, he and his brother would stay up way past their bedtime to watch it, uh, as well as Darfox8, who commented about how uh, Yu Yu Hakusho was originally marketed as this like hardcore series with like lots of violence and sexual <laughs> content. But in the end, what stood out to him the most was the characters' plights and their emotions, uh, which made the show feel more mature and interesting to yeah, him. Yeah. Um, and he liked the supporting cast, uh, how they end up saving Yusuke, like, emotionally, and it helps him find value in himself. That's funny, because, um, that really comes in the, like, that's really prevalent during the four, uh, the House of Four Dimensions arc, where Yusuke actually gets kidnapped. Yeah! So, yeah, like, you know, Kuwabara, Hiei, Kurama, and, and Botan mm-hmm. had to save him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, like, Yusuke can't fight his way out, and he, like, they gotta get their smarts to get him out, you know? Mm-hmm. They have and, to use their brains. Yes. Yeah, that was another thing a lot of people... Uh, commented in saying, like, their favorite character was Kurama because he wasn't necessarily the strongest, but he was the one who used his smarts yeah. uh, because he was the most wise and experienced guess one. You, guess you didn't get his soul stolen. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm saying the taboo word. I'm looking at you, Hiei. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> that didn't last long at all, no. Hiei. Um, a lot of people also commented how they were blown away by the actual production and execution of the anime, how it still stands up incredibly well, even for its age, especially when compared to a lot of shonen series coming out today. Yeah, I know um, I know. there's um, the, the Sakaka blog that's run... Um, I, they put an article out recently about you. you <gasps> yes, the, 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 the production history of you. That is a really interesting and... Uh, extensive read. Oh, yeah, and that's coming from me as someone who, like, I'm not really into Sakuga, uh-huh. but this person knows what they're talking about, and yes. I'm, like, extensively interested in the Yuhoka Show Sakuga because uh-huh. there are so many, like, big players in it that come out of it. Yeah, the one that gets tossed around the most uh, these days is Shimbo. Yes, Shimbo, who was, who, who was one of the founders of Studio Shaft. Yes. Who does stuff like, um... The Monogatari series, yes, and which Arco is like, under the bridge, yeah, and, which is like super huge nowadays. And I mean, it, you obviously, if you've seen a Shaft anime, you know their aesthetic. Yes, and he was a pretty prevalent storyboarder on there. I think he worked on Yusuke's second death scene, mm-hmm. and it's he worked with a lot of, from what I remember, uh, the Hiei fights. Yes, there were. I mean, it's. Uh, the the boarding on you up shows really really good but yeah it's just it had a lot of really talented people involved with it but yeah mm-hmm. Shimbo is the one that usually gets tossed around the most and yeah, yeah because he's like, like super huge today like he's very yes. relevant and now. like it's really cool to see like you know someone who's really prevalent in anime today being involved in something like Yu Hakusho yeah that was that is still like so incredibly it's beloved. iconic I mean yeah. it's an iconic anime and like the the article that goes through it is very extensive and have a lot of it has. It talks about how the tournament arc is so well produced. Yes. And that it is very consistent and it never really lags and mm-hmm. it's really interesting. So I definitely recommend checking that out if you yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really interesting like when I went through my rewatch how 
There was never, like, you know, a lot of series back in the 90s, they would have a lot of really, really good key episodes that were animated super, super well. And then there would be one or two episodes that were animated like garbage. Yes. <laughs> but Yu Yu Hakusho consistently had good looking episodes. It did. There wasn't really any episodes where you're like, you can just, the episode starts and you're like, oh no, this is going to be a garbage one. Yeah. Like, everyone was literally either a slightly above average or better. Yes. It's like, I think the article said that, like, and this is the article for this, the Sahaga article, where it says, at its worst, Yu show can entertain you, but at its best, it's an unmatchable shounen experience. Yes. Which I think is a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. So, like, I will uh, try to link that article in the show notes because it is really, really extensive. Like, someone could do, a, like, a whole podcast on just that article. Like, yeah, it's, I swear, it's, it's, it's really good. It is. It's really interesting to see how anime production works. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. not super into Sakuga, but it's just a really interesting thing. Yeah, I, I feel like even if you aren't into Sakuga, just here reading about the production history is super interesting. It is. Because there's not a lot of stuff out there about what the production history was like for shows like that at that time, unless it was something like a Miyazaki movie or something. Yeah, like, you know... I remember in Shirabako, they were talking about, like, back in the day when they were doing productions on, like, older shows. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's kind of a callback to that, in a way, yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, yeah, I will try to remember to link that in the show notes. Uh, I, I, If you have any sort of passing interest in animation, uh, animation work, or, or just Yu Yu Hakusho in general, I think there's a lot of really fun tidbits. It's a really dense read. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of really cool tidbits and information I mean, there's stuff there. that I read in the article that I didn't even know. Yeah, and you know, like, <laughs> you're basically a walking Yu Yu Hakusho encyclopedia. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really great. Mm-hmm. I can't recommend it enough, but anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so shout out to, like, if any, I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast, but if you do, that's a great job. I really enjoyed that article. It was super, super uh, I, I dense, can, and, like, I read every single part of it. I can tell how much work and love put into it. Yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Because finding information on a show that old is not easy. It is not. Even no. in this day and age with, like, all the technology. It's just, we're so used to, like, nowadays, you can find out almost anything about a production online yeah. for a new show. Yeah. But for old shows, it's not really that easy. Yeah, it's not. So, yeah, shout out. <laughs> so, yeah, good job on that. Um, Mr. James Pickens. Oh, uh, James Pickens, that's my guy. <laughs> Your friend and mine. Uh, mentioned I love you, Pickens. <laughs> we, we, we love Pickens around here. We do. <laughs> uh, mentioned that some of his fondest memories about Yu Yu Hakusho are actually about the trading card game, which kept the show front and center in his mind and connected him with a lot of fans online in the early 2000s. And the fandom was the first place he felt part of the anime community. And he also has fond memories of the cheesy demo video for how to play the Yu Yu Hakusho card game, which he linked to on YouTube, and I am definitely going to include the link to that. Oh my god. Because it is so fun and funny to watch. It's it is so, so cheesy. It is so early 2000s. It, it's really great. I know. I think uh, he, he like, um, gave that to me, like, linked it to me a while ago, and I'm like, wow. This is a thing. This is a thing. And I'm like, wow, the girl, like, demoing this video has really bad taste in villains, because she, like, ra- she likes rando. Rando? Who's <laughs> <It was> rando? <laughs> I know, but, like, it's a thing, and it's, it's a product of the past, and it's great. <laughs> it is, so, yeah. it is one of those great, like, 
weird anime fandom nuggets that <laughs> I'm kind of glad still exists on the internet yeah. in some way. <laughs> I never, like, got involved with the card game because I'm not really into that scene, but I do have a... I think it was. I have a Karama and Toya card oh. that I found somewhere. Someone gave it to me. <laughs> I don't really know how I got it, but anyway, I keep it in my wallet all the time. Aw, that's great. <laughs> like, it's totally, like, old. Aww. <laughs> it's precious. That's so. like, I still have some uh, Annie Mayhem cards somewhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't play that game anymore, and I haven't played it for, like, 15 20 years, but I still have some of those cards because I was like, what would I do with these? I can't just throw them away. It's just, like, fun to have. Like, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. You're just like, this was a thing. Like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> no, it's special. Um, so Mr. Lamoranma Yasha shared how he actually only sort of knew about Yu Yu Hakusho uh, back in 2005 when it was airing right before Dragon Ball GT. He would catch the tail end of a few episodes, but he never really watched it in full. So he kind of got into it in a roundabout way, sort of like like you. Uh-huh. Uh, and when he finally did decide he wanted to check it out, they had pulled the show from the block. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, he finally remembered uh, to, to check it out when they started the Funimation channel block on Colors TV, which from what I could find on Google, that was like a Dish Network channel. Oh, I have I, never heard of that. I, yeah, I was not familiar with colors tv i was like i didn't have a dish when i was young so. yeah i didn't either so i was just like i have to look this up because i have no idea what colors tv is oh i'm learning something <laughs> <laughs> but the first episode he ever saw was episode 15 uh genbu the stone beast oh that's a good fight and he was really impressed with how clever and funny the banter between the characters were yes. uh so colors tv only ever aired the first 32 episodes Aww. uh so he had to finish the series later eventually by buying his own dvds uh-huh. uh he also got into talking about the series on animation revelation forum where he <laughs> met a lot of other fellow fans and he learned about the series uh, from people who knew more stuff about it, yeah. which made him love it even more, and it continues to be one of his favorites. That's a great story. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> That's great. I was just like, oh, wow. Because it's really it's really interesting, because since Yu Yu Hakusho had been around for so long, you hear so many different variations of different kinds of stories of how you get into it. Yeah. Because, like, there are a lot of people who got into it through, like, it being on TV, but then there's, like, people who, like me, saw it, like, in Japanese only, yeah. before the dub even existed. Like, I have never really been into the dub because I got into it before there was a dub. Oh, I love the English dub. <laughs> I love it so much. But I... But, like, but you were, like, never exposed to that. Yeah, that so. that wasn't the, the way I... That wasn't my entry point. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fine. I have no hard feelings about the dub because anything that gets people to love a thing I love, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm all in for it. You, yes. And people really, really enjoyed that version. Like, to them, like, that's part of their childhood. The that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something they grew up with. I mean, I even, out just out of curiosity, on my personal Twitter, I ran a poll going, like, okay, which version of Smile Bomb mm-hmm. is your favorite version of Smile Bomb? And I put, like, you know, the, the original Japanese version, the dub version, and the, just for fun, the Megumi Ogata cover. It's a really good cover. <laughs> it's a really good cover. Yes. I love Megumi Ogata. She's one of my favorites. And for a long time, it was neck and neck between the Japanese and the dub version. And at, at one point, they were tied <laughs> for like an hour. Oh, wow. And then just 
barely the dub one won over by I think it was like three votes <laughs> so I think it's pretty even like the fandom is pretty even with like people who like the original and people who like the dub yeah and that's like it's nice to have that kind of diversity in yeah. the fandom I think it's like knowing that people got into it a bunch of different ways and that they like different versions of it for different yeah. reasons because I prefer the dub version because that's the version I saw first. Mm-hmm. But I also, I watched the sub version this time in my rewatch, and there's stuff I didn't really even notice before because it's been, like, ten years since I've watched the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Japanese version. So, like, it was an experience for me. So it was kind of nice that, like, I love the dub, but it's nice to see it in a different language, you know? And this was also, like, I think we were talking about this earlier before we were podcasting, but this was one of Funimation's, like, first dubs next to, like... Dragon Ball? It was right after Dragon Ball, and I think the other one that they did alongside it was Blue Gender, but <laughs> but no one remembers Blue Gender. And anyway, like they started dubbing Yuhok Show right after D- D- um, DBZ, and it's pretty much the same cast. Pretty yeah. Much. But the funny thing is, is that Justin Cook, the voice of Yusuke, started directing and voicing Yusuke when he was 19 years old. Wow, he was that young? He was that young. That's pretty impressive for 19. So he like grew up being with Yusuke. He grew up with Yusuke because he was still a teenager. Yeah. And Yusuke was a teenager. Aww. Yes, and so it's kind of... my heart. <laughs> no, it's like feelings. So like, Aww. yeah, but it's like really, and I remember, I, I think I used to like um, stalk the Funimation blog like forever ago when I kept up with dubs. I don't really do that anymore. But anyway, um... There was a video of Justin Cook once, and they had, like, a video of him in his office, and there was a, a little Yusuke, um, figure on his desk. Aww. And, like, you can tell, like, how much Yu Hakusho means to him. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it, like, probably laid a bunch of foundations for him, but also, yeah. like... because he still works at animation. Oh, yes, he does. He's high up on, yeah, the, yeah. on the scale, on the totem pole, so... Mm-hmm. But, like, it's nice to know that, like... He grew up with that character. He grew yeah. up with Yusuke. Because he and was a teenager, too. Yeah, and he grew up as Yusuke. Oh, yeah, it's like, That's great. so sweet. I know. Oh, my gosh. I love it so much. That's wonderful. I know. I love it. I love yeah, see, dog. I can't hate any dub that has, like, so much heart in it. Oh. I know. They, like, really... I, they All the actors put their all into that. And everyone writing it. I mean, it's a really snappy script. And mm-hmm. it's pretty funny. And Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I have never... Like, every time someone shares a clip of the dub, I've never not laughed because there's always some sort of, like, really funny thing that they slip in there that's just, like, real. Like, (laughs) my favorite clip is that one that always goes around, like, I think someone made a vine of it, of the one where Yusuke sees what's-his-name's demon form, and he's like, what's going on there? Oh, well, not gonna let it ruin my day. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's, like, in the fifth episode. Yes. Where he's like, you know what? Whatever. He's just like, whatever. And just the way he delivers that is just, like, the he's funniest like, thing. I'm not going to ruin my day. Yeah. I'm moving whatever. on my life. I'm done with that. <laughs> so, like, you know, there there's so much heart in it. And even though, like, you know, people rag on it. Like, oh, well, it's not the best stuff. And I'm like, you know... They were, Funimation started out as a really small company, and so as one of their earliest dubs, like, I I get where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. and, like, I used to be a lot harsher on it, Yeah. but, you know, now that I've grown up a little bit, I'm like, you know what, it has a lot of heart, Yeah. and they really put a lot of work into it, and it has a charm to it. Yes. I mean, it's not perfect, it's a little rough around the edges, but I feel like that works for that show. Yeah. Because that's, like, the heart of 
the characters in Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Like, they're a little rough around the edges, but they have this charm that you can't help but love them. Yeah, there's kind of a snarky and smart-assness to the dub, and yeah. that pretty much is Yusuke's character. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. That's yeah, and it. Like, and, like, and it's also nice, like, the dub is pretty loose when you're comparing it to the original Japanese, but, like, also, like, it's kind of like having a different version to watch. Yeah. So, like, you have your dub, mm-hmm. you got the, I mean, and the sub, and then you got the manga, which is also very different, because if you ever read the Viz translation... Yeah, they had to they, they had to make some changes here and there for various different reasons. They did, and some of them I really question, especially with regards to Yusuke's um, behavior, but... Yeah, like, sometimes the, the slang they make him oh use is a God. little weird. It's like, what the ding-dong is going on? I know! Holy cheese on a rye! I mean, I understand <laughs> stuff like, uh, like, they took out a reference to uh, Ushio and Tora. Yes, which is a bummer, because that's such a good yeah, because that was a really good reference in, like, in the original. Because, like, um, Yusuke's, like, demonkin form uh-huh. uh, looks a lot like uh, Ushio's demon form. Yeah, and, like, uh, when, when he's holding the beast spear. Yeah, when he's holding there's the There's also spear. a bunch of random references during Chapter Black. Mm-hmm. When, like, there's an, uh... There's Don Pei is in there from Ashita no Joe. Oh yeah. I was like, get up, Yurameshi! Get up, Yurameshi! <laughs> He's like that. And there's also like you um I think you mentioned earlier that, that since we his personality, Kazuya, he has a gun on his arm. Yeah, because like he, Cobra. He looks like a uh, bootleg uh, Space Adventure Cobra. With <laughs> a psycho gun. Yeah. Yes. And it's like Takashi probably just put that in there to amuse himself. Right? So he's like, I mean it has to be like there's no question. It's it's a freaking gun on his arm. Yeah, I mean, it's a jump. I mean, Cobra yeah. was a jump title, yes. believe it or not. So Yes. It was a jump It title. was a jump title it back was. in the day. It was. Because <laughs> they were like, uh, Terasawa, whatever, do your thing. Terasawa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, and yeah, they just changed a lot. So it was like having a bunch of different things to choose from. And like, you can enjoy them all in different ways, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like with Sailor Moon. There's like a bajillion different yeah. versions. Uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, there's, like, a lot of different versions. Like, part of me eventually wants to do another rewatch where I watch the whole thing dubbed just so I oh can my experience God. it. <laughs> but that probably won't be for a while. You're, when you do, you gotta hit me up. <laughs> and I'm gonna be quoting it. <laughs> You're gonna be sitting there quoting it along with it. <laughs> okay, so we have a lot of really good questions. You guys sent a lot of really good questions, and I wish I could answer... All of them, <laughs> but I'm gonna try to do as many as we can. Uh, so many, 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 many people asked favorite character or characters. Okay, you first. Um, I originally fell in love with Kurama. He was like <laughs> the reason why I kind of wanted to start watching it because I was like, who is that beautiful person? Like I didn't even realize if it was a man or a woman at first. I was just like, who is that beautiful character? <laughs> I want to know more about that character. Yes. <laughs> um, but you know. <sighs> When I originally watched Yu Yu Hakusho, I did not like Kuwabara. Mm-hmm. I thought he was mean and scary <laughs> and just, like, a not very likable character. I didn't like him. And when I rewatched this, like, because it's been, like, over ten years since I've watched Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. It's been a long time. I was like, what was wrong with me? <laughs> Kuwabara. <laughs> yes, I, I, I saw the light. I was like, Kuwabara is a beautiful soldier of love. <laughs> yes. He is 
a beautiful, wonderful man. And so pure and so wonderful. And so he is, like, skyrocketed to one of my top characters because he is so good. He, he is. is. He is a beautiful, pure cinnamon bun who I must protect. <laughs> He's um, too good for this world. He is too good for this world. Uh, I also love, like, almost all of the female characters that we were talking about yes, earlier. Yes, They're yes, They're so good. Uh, Shizuru, uh, uh, Kuroko, Muhuro. Yeah. Like, they're all, like, all the ladies of Yu Yu Hakusho are just, like, A-plus women, and I love them all. <laughs> um, but, like, really, all of the main characters in Yu Yu Hakusho are all really good. They're all beautiful, wonderful children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are. Um, I also really love Genkai, like, a whole Genkai lot. Genkai rules. <laughs> She's, like, old lady goals. She is. Like, I want... I, I hope I'm half as cool as Genkai someday. Yes, same. I hope I'm, like, a, like, a give-no-shits old lady playing Super Nintendo games <laughs> when I'm, like, 90. That's like, the life, honestly. Right? <laughs> Living out in the woods with your giant blue bird. <laughs> With Poochan. Pusuke. Pusuke. Kuwabara was actually the first person who called Pusuke. He was the first one. That's smooth. It's pretty adorable. Um, for me, oh god, it's really hard because I really love everyone. Um, I really love Kuwabara too. Mm-hmm. I never really, like, really outright hated Kuwabara because I started with Chapter Black and he was like obviously really important in Chapter Black. Yeah, he was already like, you were already kind of past the rough exterior that yeah, he shows at first. And he was, like, kind and whatever. Yeah. But, like, I've really grown to love Kuwabara as I've gotten older. And I've also loved to grow... Um, really love... Like, I really liked, like, when I was younger, I really liked the edgier characters. Like, I really liked Yusuke when I was young. Because <laughs> he had a potty mouth. <laughs> and I really liked Hiei because he was dark and whatever. But now I'm, like, kind of like the kinder, gentler characters like mm-hmm. Kurama and Kuwabara. So. Mm-hmm. And um, as for other characters, I really love everyone. I love Botan so much. Like, the fairy girls in Spirit World are really great. I love the one where she com. There's one who has purple hair to comments like, Oh, I love it when boys that are my type, you know, die and whatever because I can take it to the Spirit World. <laughs> And it's like, oh my god. That's super dark. It is. I love all the fairy girls. They're super great. And um, I also love the ladies, too. Makuro is amazing. She's one of my favorite characters in probably anything. Yeah. I think she's just, she's so good. Yeah. <laughs> she's just so, like, well-realized interesting, and I love her. And also, I love Kuroko. Kuroko is probably, like, one of my favorite characters also. And I also love Genkai. <laughs> I also like, um... A lot of the... I also love the villains. I love Tagoro. I love Sensui. <laughs> as as if I couldn't tell with the, the Togoro shirt. He's just cool. I like him. Because, like, he's, like, Gap Moe. Because, like... Okay, I was joking about this on Twitter before. But, like, you know, Yusuke, he smokes, he gambles, he drinks, mm-hmm. he skips school. And Tagoro honestly just wants to be a Disney princess. He just wants to take care of the little animals. I mean, there's that one scene where he, like, he, what, he orders, like, an orange juice? Yes! He doesn't drink at all. <laughs> Iconic. I know, he's just, like, it's moe. It's yeah. the gat moe. It's cute. It like, is kind of, isn't it? <laughs> cute. And he's like, ugh. Yeah, it's just, it's really charming. And um, I also love, no one's gonna know who this is besides, like, three people, but I love Shishi Wakamaru, the anime diva. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Remember Wakasama? Yes. From the Dark Tournament? Oh my gosh. and Genkai had to fight him, and Genkai kicked his ass. Yes. And that, Shishi Wakamaru. That's like... <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Shishi. He's great. And I love the Genkai Shishi fight. It's one of my favorite fights in it the entire really show. It is a really good fight. And I also love Chu. Oh, Chu. fighter. The, the the guy who looks like he just fell out of uh, Thunderdome. Oh my god, like, like, like he walked out of Fist of the North Star. <laughs> I love Chu. He's like such a riot. Uh, he's, he's pretty funny. He only gets more relatable as I get older. Because <laughs> all I want to do is drink too. <laughs> and he gets more powerful when he drinks. Yes, his Sui Ken. Uh, <laughs> Chu is such a great character. I love him. But yeah, it's just lots of like really esoteric characters I really love. They're mm-hmm. really great, so... There's just a lot of really Togashi's just really good at like throwing in just random yes. interesting characters that where you wouldn't expect them. Yes. So it's really hard to pick. Oh, favorites. and I also love obviously for me tearing up earlier. I love Yusuke's mom. I love that. Yeah. She is like one of my faves. She's so good. And I'm really upset that she wasn't in the dark tournament arc in the anime because yeah, because originally she was in the manga. She was. And she was in the stands cheering along with uh, all the other girls. Yeah, I really would love to see more of her in the anime because she's just super interesting and what what really well written. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, this this I thought was a really good question we kind of touched on this in the beginning of the podcast but andy smith asks curious you have if you have any comments on the class issues that are in those early episodes i find it fascinating and not often addressed in anime oh well i think it's really interesting too because um you know the first episode i ever saw was the one where kuwabara tries to help his friend from keeping his job because his friend okubo you know in his little gang he's supporting their entire his entire family which is like his brothers and sisters and his mother he yeah and they're in middle school yeah he's in middle school and he's not supposed to have the job but due to the circumstances that he's in the school is allowing him to have a part-time job yes so, but only if he doesn't get any like and, and uh, fights yeah yeah no fights and he keeps his grades well yeah and like and like you never really see that like you know that his family is suffering financially and that he you know, as a middle schooler, has to get a job to help support his mom and his family, and yeah. it's kind of devastating. And like I said before, when it was in a time of economic prosperity in Japan, to have a, to have like a character that's struggling financially, it means a lot. Yeah. And also, like with um, Yusuke and his mom, mm-hmm. they based it, and the anime really plays this down a lot. Um, yeah. I really don't know why they did this, but. Maybe they thought it was too depressing for children. Maybe, but, like, it's a realistic depiction that poverty is everywhere. And, yeah. like, Japan has this real aversion for depicting, like, poverty and homelessness. Yes. But anyway, like, Yusuke and his mom, they live, like, in the equivalent of, like, a shanty town. Yeah. Something that you would see. In the manga, in, yeah. In the manga, yeah. And it's just, they just live, like, in a rundown apartment in the anime, but, like, they are obviously living, they are not well off financially no. when, pe- when most people are in, you know, the time that they live in. Mm-hmm. And his mom doesn't have a job and he's trying to go to middle school. And it's just, it's really refreshing to see that represented mm-hmm. in an anime. It's like you said, it's not really addressed much. And it's, yeah, it's a, like a class issue. It's, it's very, very interesting that he would choose to purposely, like you were saying, in a time where most people were, like, spending tons of money because they had tons of money to spare, showing here's a kid who has literally nothing. Like, he literally sleeps in a dirt room. Yeah, like, with his, like, a one-room place with his mom. Yeah. Who's basically his roommate. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's a very depressing situation and mm-hmm. but it's i think it's really important to let kids know that you know you might be better off than other people but that doesn't make you better than these people no. they are still human 
these are real people. Even uh-huh. though these are characters, like, this could be a person that you go to school with. It could, most definitely. And I think they were trying to portray that. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, that person you're probably, that probably doesn't, you know, maybe skip school all the time and whatever and causes trouble. Maybe they don't have the best life. Yeah, maybe they're picking fights with you because their home life is really, really sucky. Yeah, and they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a part in the manga where Yusuke, actually Biz took this out, where Yusuke started drinking at 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just, like, it's really, really sad when you think about it that mm-hmm. he would, you know, go to that and mm-hmm. that he grew up in something like that. And, like... Which makes, like, mm-hmm. his progression in the story all that much more amazing. I because know. he went... He basically came from nothing. He did. And, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, now I'm, like, the strongest kid uh, in the human realm. <laughs> and uh, I'm also related to the freaking Demon King and all this other weird stuff. Like, what the... F- what and happened? he's, like, literally, like, some punk kid. Yeah. And also, I think that him being a punk kid is really important when Togashi made the antagonist he has to fight. Mm-hmm. Because Toguro and Sensui are... They have pretty righteous causes. Right. And Yusuke is literally just, just a punk kid looking for a good fight. Yeah. Even so much that he will do anything to find a good fight, even mm-hmm. if that means the dying. end of the world. Yeah, yeah. Or dying. Yep. And, and I just think, cause, like, you know, it's just, it's really great. I love the way, <laughs> I love the way it's set up. I love the way Yusuke is written. I love how the villains are written around him mm-hmm. and how they're meant to be in contrast with him. Mm-hmm. Because Toguro and Sensui are, they probably would have been, like, you know, um, role models for people. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like it's really... <laughs> and Yusuke is, like, put down. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I also feel like it's really interesting that, like, throughout the series, like, he goes over to Keiko's a lot. Yeah. Because they're childhood friends. And, like, they're so used to him being there because mm-hmm. uh, she her family runs a restaurant. Yeah. And they give him food without even asking. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, yeah... Yusuke's here. Oh, Yuchan's here. Yeah, Yuchan's you want here. The, you want the usual Yuchan? Here you go. And they just give him food. And they never bring up his situation. Mm-hmm. They're always very kind. Yeah. And they treat him with respect. Uh-huh. And I think that's also, like, a sly way of, like, showing, like, hey, you know, if you have friends that are in that situation, like, fucking be nice to them. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Keiko was always friends with Yusuke mm-hmm. when he was young before all this stuff happened, she yeah. was always with him. And yeah. She was, like, she is, like, that cornerstone in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, she is always there, despite how frustrating it is for her. <laughs> yes. Because, like, even... like, Yusuke is, like, this wild dog on a leash, and she has to constantly pull on the leash to get him in. Like, and be hey, like, hey, calm down, hey, man. Hey, like, you know, chill. Yeah, chill for a second. And, yeah. So and, if and even was in his life, he probably be worse off than he was oh yeah now. and even even her father is 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 like oh you guys always fight like this yeah but you always make up you yeah. know it's cool yeah like and, yeah it's just like keiko's always and like you know tagashi has even said himself that keiko is probably his least favorite yuhaku show character because she's kind of typical mm-hmm. but like she's always there for yusuke and she's mm-hmm. the one who will always be there for you, Skye. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, it's sweet. And mm-hmm. it's typical, but I think that's important, knowing that, you know, he is some punk, punk kid, and there is someone out there who really cares about him. Yeah. I think and that's... Who, yeah. Is, who will stand up for him for all the horrible teachers and all the classmates who think he's, like, some monster. She will be yes. there. And be like, you're wrong. 
you know, you he's think a good boy. He's <laughs> not as bad as you think he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's bad, but he's not as bad. <laughs> but as he's you not think. as bad as like you know. I mean, there's worse. There is, but like <laughs> she is there. She's a, she's like a source of strength for him in a way. Mm-hmm. So. She's like a rock. She's she a is. she's a constant in his life. She is, and, and kids like that all need some sort of constant. Yeah, whether it's family or friends or anything, they just need something that is stable. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so sorry to go, like, so <laughs> off on that, but it, I, I, like, Andy, that is a really good question. Yeah, I really, was, was really excited to get such a very insightful question. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. James Pickens, Pickens. asks, um, number one, where were you when you realized Kuobara was best boy? <laughs> um, I was here in my apartment going, why did it take me so long to realize that Kuwabara is, like, the best? Um, and number two, uh, I found that opinions of the last arc are pretty divisive compared to the rest of the show, so what do you think about it? Uh, why don't you go first and I'll answer them again. Um, rewatching it all sort of, like, marathon style, yeah. especially the last few uh, episodes. Yeah, you really um, booked it, really. <laughs> which is good. Yes. Like, yeah. Um, it it really did kind of highlight how like it did feel kind of rushed at times, and it didn't always get like, you know, in the fights went pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I liked that mm-hmm. because, I mean, as much as I like dark tournament, mm-hmm. it does drag a little bit. Yeah. But you know, you're almost like, well, this is shonen fighting stuff. I mean, that happens. You're used to it. Yeah, you're kind of used to it, especially after Dragon Ball. Yeah. Woo! Um, (laughs) But overall, I feel like there were so many great characters and things happening in that arc that I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has its flaws, and I can admit that (laughs) very, very openly. But... Even for all its flaws, like, you can kind of fill the holes that they kind of leave from the stuff they didn't put, like, from the manga in there. Yes, Uh, You can kind of put the pieces together yourself. And I feel like it's still a pretty solid arc, and I really like it. I mean, it might not be my favorite, Mm -hmm. but it's really good. And plus, Mukuro is in it, (laughs) and I love her and her whole story. I think she's just really great. So without that arc, like she wouldn't be there and that would make it poorer for her her not being in there plus there's a lot of really great yusuke moments in it i yes, feel like yes. like he kind of realizes like hey what am i what am i doing he has like, why? A yeah he has almost like a midlife crisis in the middle of a fight and it's like whoa <laughs> yeah like you're kind of like oh my god like he's right and what's yeah. gonna happen like you know you you you're immediately, like, hit with that feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, Yusuke slamming into that wall, you are also slammed into that wall because you're like, he's right. What's going to happen? It's <laughs> funny that you mentioned that specific fight because, you know, in, in uh, 2012, Toonami, Adult Swim ran Toonami April Fool's joke. Yes! And that, that was, was the, the episode. episode that they showed was mm-hmm. the, the Yusuke and Yomi fight. Mm-hmm. And it was perfect for the exact reasons that you said. Is like... You're kind of having a crisis as an adult. You're like, what am I doing? Why mm-hmm. am I here? Why is this happening? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. And that's what Yusuke is going through. Yeah, he's basically going through a midlife crisis. 
in the middle of this fight, and he's, like, 14. He is getting beat to a pulp by Yomi, getting punched in the face, and it's a really gorgeous fight. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really well-animated fight. It's really great. But anyway, that... And I am so happy that they picked that episode for that joke. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it was a joke, but for that one run in Toonami, because it shows how much Yusuke has grown from how I was in the Dark Tournament, which is yes. when people usually saw Yu Yu show. Yeah. And, and, that, like, and Dark Tournament is kind of like the fan favorite, usually. It is usually. People really clamor for it. So. Yeah. And I, I love it, too. It's not my favorite arc. but Yeah. Yeah, but it's just, that was the perfect episode. Yeah, because, they, you know, it had been a long time since Toonami. Yeah. And so a lot of people had grown up since then. And I feel like watching that as you're a little older, you're like, whoa. Uh-huh. That's heavy, man. Yeah. And I feel that... I yeah. feel that in my heart. Yeah, so, like, it hits you, man. Like, yeah, dang, it like, really does. And and then, like, I of course, that very final episode is just <sighs> so good. You, you're just, like, you spend all this time going, where's Yusuke? Where's Yusuke? And then he finally Where shows up. And you're like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> That's, like, everyone's reaction to Yusuke. Oh, my God, why did you do this? Yes. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, no, it's over, and I'm going to miss <laughs> these jerks. Oh, oh, these jerks. I love them so much. <laughs> I have to watch the gift. Yeah. <laughs> and then they play Smile Bomb. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. And then for... I'm like about to cry. Oh. Uh, and then they... And then, you know, for, forever, for never. And it's just like, oh ah! God. It's over. Oh. So, like, I, I really enjoy that final arc. Um, like I said, it's not my favorite, but... I, I mean, I get why people don't like it, but I like it. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> we had a moment. <laughs> I, yes, a good moment. Um, I, for me, where were you when you realized Kuroboro was a best boy? I think it was, like, in one of my... It took me a couple of rewatches and rereads and to be like, you know what, Kuroboro kind of rolls. <laughs> I think it was... And uh, he would be like, yes, yes, I I do. think I realized it once in, like, one rewatch where it was the Biako kuwabara fight in um, that room where they have all, like, the sulfuric acid. Oh. And Kuwabara did that pole vault thing with his spirit sword. Yeah. And I was like, this is actually really sick. That rules. <laughs> that was, like, one of the best things in the show. And I'm like, why did I not, like, realize this? Kuwabara is kind of great. Kuwabara is amazing. Yeah, so and I was, like, enchanted. And <laughs> his sword makes the lightsaber sound. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or get long. <laughs> An angel. Uh, but yeah. Um, and then um, for me, last arc opinions, I actually love the last arc because of all the potential it has and how much tension it had built up into it until Yusuke obviously broke it all with the mention of a tournament. But everything up leading to that where you got the backstories with like Yomi and Makuro and Ryzen, they're just so fascinating for characters that like just showed up. And yeah. that obviously weren't going to be around for very long. And they were really intense. They are very intense, especially Ryzen's. Like, you didn't yeah. realize how, like, sentimental he is. Yeah. I know. He lived and died for love. Mm. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Demon Dad. Uh, best Togashi Dad, in my opinion. Trash, <laughs> best Togashi Trash Dad, in my opinion. He's a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I really like the last arc because, obviously, you got lots of amazing characters in it. And I also love, like, the getting the gang back together in a way. Yeah, because like some of the people, some of the fighters in the dark tournament came back. Because um, mm-hmm. Shushi came back. Um, 
Suzuki came back. Chu um, came, came back. Riku came back. Jin, Jin came back. Came back. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's kind of nice. Like, it was kind of like, oh, this is kind of nostalgic. Like, you know, yeah. oh, yeah, dark tournament days. Like, it's like, kind of fun. Okay, the only reason I kind of hate on that last tournament is Kobara wasn't there. Oh, yeah, and Kurama, like, hallucinated he was there. <laughs> yes! Like, for a split second, he missed him so much, he thought he was actually there. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, I was it's just a like, pretty Aww. sweet moment. It's sweet. It's like, and also, like I was saying earlier, like, Kuwabara is the glue that keeps Team Yurameshi together. He is. So, and I, Kurama realized that. Kurama's not dumb. Yeah. Like, he's like, you know what, it's really not the same without It's not Kua the same around. without here, without Kuwachan. It's not without Kuwachan around, and it's like... Heart. And, like, and it's it, true because like you don't see the gang all like kind of together like they were in previous tournaments yeah. and stuff. They don't have the same mesh that they did. They're all kind of doing their own thing. Yeah, and like that's okay, but yeah. it's just But it's not quite the same. It is. And like I mean, I like the last arc a lot because I like the fights and I like that the anime filled in a lot of the fights mm-hmm. that weren't present in the manga because in the manga they're usually mentioned in past passing like, oh yeah, he fought Makuro and yeah, and Yusuke fought Yomi. They didn't really yeah. draw it at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to like, I just really enjoyed the art because of all and they the did, characters. They did a lot of really interesting stuff with like the animation direction, especially like in the Yomi fight. Yeah. Like they did a lot of... Uh, they did, like, some vertical split screen. Yes, I Which I that. thought was, like, really interesting visually. Like, you didn't really see that in, uh-huh. like, say, like, a Dragon Ball fight. Yeah. It's uh, kind of artsy. Yeah. And then there was, like, wide panning. Yeah. Uh, with, like, a widescreen, yeah. like, lens. Which, un- that was another thing you didn't really see in, like, a TV shounen anime. Especially when Yusuke was, like, you know, obviously having a little bit of a crisis to use yeah. that kind of wide, you know, get up on his face. And it's like, oh, it's like, you can see how, like you know, and then, frazzled he And is. then, like, alternatively, they would, they would like, pull out, and it would be, you could see the, the cavernous gap between him and Yomi. Like, yeah, it's just, it's... Standing the, before each yeah, other. Yeah, you know the scale that the fight is showing. It's yeah. obviously so, huge, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I really like the, like, I love the last arc a lot, so, I mean, I get people don't, people don't like it because it's kind of incomplete, and there's lots of politics in it, but I kind of like the politics. I don't really mind, so. Yeah, honestly, like, mm-hmm. I think some of the made-up demon politics are kind of interesting. They are. It's like, do we eat humans? Do we not eat humans? <laughs> and it's like, hey. Do we keep the the portal between realms open, or do we close it? And it's like, you know, sh- you know, when I die, you know, Ryzen was like, hey, if I die, make sure you side with Makuro, because I don't trust Yomi, mm-hmm. because he wants to unite everyone, mm-hmm. which is fishy. Yeah. Ryzen knew it was up, mm-hmm. and it's just, like, it's interesting. Like, they, yeah. like, these people never even met each other, yet they know all about each other, and it's really fascinating. Yeah, from their, their gossip networks and yes, stuff. Yes, it's, like, from their people. Yeah. <laughs> from their people. Yeah, but anyway, Demon, uh, last Three Kings arc, underrated, I love it, so. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Some of these we've already kind of gone over. Um, I'm going to see hate fish. <laughs> um, Nitro of the MDS playlist asks, which sensory personality would you be willing to spend a day with by yourself? <laughs> um, I don't want to hang with Kazuya because he's probably going to kill me <laughs> with his gun arm. <laughs> he's kind of a lot, so yeah. I don't know about that. Um, Minoru... Kind of a jerk. Yeah. I don't know if I want to chill with him. He's kind of mean. Yeah. Um, Shinobu's kind of like, would he really be fun to hang with? He I seems like he's just really sad. He's really sad and pure. And yeah. like, I need a little rough and tough time. <laughs> so, but like, I also like to cry. Yeah. And 
I think maybe you could watch like sad movies together because he seems to like <laughs> watching movies. Oh yeah, they watched Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And, uh, that's right, they watched Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And so he was watching it, and it's funny because you mentioned to me. I think you mentioned that on Twitter. Yeah, I was like, are they watching Apocalypse Now? And they totally are. But the funny thing is, it's like in the dub in the fourth episode where Keiko, there is a scene where Keiko is reading a passage from a book, and in the subversion, she's just reading English because it's yeah. English class. But in the dub, it's liter- in, like literature class, and she's reading Heart of Darkness. Oh my god! And like <laughs> accurate. I, I don't know if that was like intentional or not, but like if you can draw the parallels between Heart of Darkness and, and like, Apocalypse Now and Apocalypse Now and Chapter Black, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Because like Sensui wow. is pretty similar to like both the characters Mer- Merlot and Kurtz. Mm-hmm. He's like both of them in one. It's kind of really cool. I don't, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but, like, I remember that. But it's kind of, you, even if it wasn't intentional, that's accidentally, like, genius. It is, because, like, obviously the connection's obvious. Yeah. But, like, she, she, yeah, Keiko read the closing line from Heart of Darkness. Wow. It's, like, whoa, meta. Very. <laughs> Very uh. meta. But, um, God, what was the question? Oh, yeah, and then, um, there's Cedars Kazuya, there's Minoru, there's Shinobu. Shinobu. And mm. Naru, who is the, the kind of the feminine one. the feminine one who likes to read poetry and cry, yeah. and we don't know the other three personalities because they weren't shown in the yeah. manga or the anime. So I'm gonna go with Naru because I like to cry too. <laughs> yeah, we could watch sad movies together. Yeah, we can like cry and like read sad poetry and chill. yeah, I think she'd be fun. She can like cook me dinner or something. <laughs> I, I bet it's good. That's probably what I would say too. Because at first I was like maybe Minoru, but I was like, well, oh, no. I mean, you see like, a bunch of him in Chapter Black. Yeah, because, so. like, he was kind of just, like, he has issues. Poor guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to hang with Naru, I think. She seems pretty nice. <laughs> Although, it would be kind of interesting to be like, give me one of the mystery ones! Oh, man, that's just, like, question <laughs> like, what, what are you going to get? Because <laughs> there's three whole ones that we don't know. Yeah, it's, uh... Yeah, Maybe I, I, if I said that, Togashi would tell all his secrets to me. I bet he don't, doesn't even remember. <laughs> he was like, I don't know. I just couldn't think of three more. <laughs> That's probably the answer. <laughs> I love him. Uh, and um, Mr. Lumrat Ranma Yasha sent a whole bunch of really good questions, but I don't oh. think... I mean, we're already running pretty long. So I'm just going <laughs> to pick... Sorry. No, because I'm I'm here for this. Yeah. So like... <laughs> I'm I'm mostly apologizing to people because I'm like I know this is a little longer than usual, but I don't care. <laughs> Deal with it. Deal with it. Um, so I'm just gonna pick like some of the ones that I liked the best out of like all the questions he sent. So um, single favorite episode or chapter or moment from the anime or the manga. That's so hard because I have so many. But, I know. But if I were to pick one, I'm gonna be super nostalgic and I'm gonna pick the House of Four Dimensions arc. Because that was the first arc I ever saw of Yu Hakusho. That was a pretty good one. It's so much fun, and Mm -hmm. I really love the team-up, and I love the idea where Yusuke has to be the one to be saved. Yeah. And... And I also just love the the haunted house with the vaporwave oh my gosh. interior. It's a look. It's, it's a look. so good. It's a look. I'm like, this is my house. I'm yeah. going to live there. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I have a really fond, I have a lot of fondness for that little mini arc. And it's so much fun because it's so different. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love it so much. But yeah, and I, um, gosh, I already said I like the um, Kenkai Shishi fight, which is amazing. Yes, that's a really good one. And, uh, gosh, I also really 
love when um obviously anything about makuro <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything involving makuro i love her fight with hie it's it's good. oh yeah it was so emotional it, it was, was so good. it was a lot for both of them and it's just, yeah, I'm going to go with those. I, have, I probably have more, but... <laughs> it's really hard for me to pick because there's so many really good moments. But, like, the first thing that popped into my mind was the the time I... It was the moment that I actually started crying during my rewatch. Oh, and that yeah. was when Kuwabara realizes that Yusuke is going to sacrifice himself to Sensui. And he starts screaming and crying, oh and I was gosh. just like, "No, you make I know. I'm just, I'm almost tearing up just thinking about it because I just started like, I was like, "No, baby, no, don't, don't." I, he was just so upset, and it made me upset. Oh my gosh! Like his shoujo manga flashback. Yes, about him and about him and, about him and Yusuke it. and how important he was to him as a friend. And I was just like, ah, "I can't take this. This is so, oh, it's no, so like emotional." That whole, like, lament speech that he did oh, it was so good it's and so also good. Oh. actually that whole scene is really good for all of them mm. because they all like resolve that if they all can't be together then what's the point yeah oh it was a very <laughs> emotional point in that episode and the whole series and i just started bawling i was just like oh no, oh my like, god i feel it mm. i feel it so it was much. there were so many emotions in that like one part and i was just like oh it just my kinda, god it like, just hit me and also it's just there's so much buildup because yusuke has always been so protective of kubara yeah and the fact that like kubara didn't even realize it what was happening until uh-huh. karama pointed it out he's like oh my god because he's such a pure little baby no he like <laughs> oh. he just had no idea and he was like the minute he realizes it He's just like, oh my god, no! And he starts screaming and crying and thinking about, like, how he can't lose Yusuke! And I'm just like, oh! Uh, it's like, such a good moment. It's, it it's really... So, it's it, like, it comes together so well after everything. Yusuke. After everything they've been through. Yes, mm-hmm. and it's not just like, oh, we were in a bunch of fights together. Like, Yusuke was a giant part of Kuwabara's <laughs> life. Yeah, and so it's just like... I think it is a really good moment that highlights just how well these characters have grown throughout the series and how much uh their friendship means to each other and how much they they uh, authentically love each other like it's it's very (sighs) genuine and sincere like it came from a place of love and that's what kuwabara is all about it it (laughs) instantly reminded me of like those those key points in like Sailor Moon where like oh. you know they're all like no you can't die we're friends and you can't die you know like stuff yes. like that oh. uh, it gave me that same feeling and so that's why I was just like oh well, I think like oh. I know that it's so easy to make the comparisons with Sailor Moon because like you know you, uh, Togashi and Naoko Takeuchi are married but like the thing is is like both Usagi and Yusuke they had this quality that has people drawn to them. Yeah. Yusuke is very charming. Mm-hmm. And he's he has this sense, like, he's just, you can't help but, like, like him. Yeah. And Usagi's the same way, but she's different as in her kindness. Yeah, her kindness, like, people in. Uh, like, just radiates off of her. Yes, and yeah. they are very different characters, but they have that quality where people... Are drawn to them. Drawn yeah. to them, and they genuinely love them. Yes. And definitely and that's what makes, it's a good parallel it is it is and like it's small but like it just shows you how similar 
they kind of are artistically. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. Yeah. So. And you can totally tell why they, they get along so well. Yes. Yeah. It's, mm. I know. Like, I, I, like, always thought about that when I was watching both. So. Mm-hmm. Because they're... Because I'm a huge the, fan of both. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, me too. And yeah. I think that was one of the, another reason why, you know, you I was drawn to it. Probably you as well. Because it's a lot of, like, you know... Uh, your friends can be your family. You can find your family in other people, yes. uh, and friendship, and yes. love, and brotherhood, and sisterhood, and yes. oh, all those really good things. Like, oh, it's, it's so just, good. My heart. Yeah, getting lots of feelings up in <laughs> so here. So many feelings. Yes. Ah. Uh, um. If uh, another question he had was, if they were to make a continuation of Yu Yu Hakusho, like Dragon Ball Super, would you want it? What would you want it to be about? Would you prefer a new protagonist or the original cast? Um, I don't really think I want any more, I think. <laughs> if anything, I would want the prequel with a Kuroko. Kuroko. Yeah, that would be sick. But, like, I don't think I want it to, like, continue because Yusuke's story's done. Yeah. But, like you said, I would love to know more, like, about Kuroko or even Sensui. Like, get him. Because yeah. he was also a spirit detective. Yeah, and it would it'd be also to see how like, his development happened and how, when he met Itsuki, we got, mm-hmm. kind of got a little backstory on that, but they yeah. definitely had a thing going. Yeah, but, like, Itsuki uh, was definitely, like, this is my boyfriend. Sensei. Yeah, they definitely had something romantic there, and yeah. it's pretty obvious, but, yeah, and, like, that would be interesting to explore, and also, like you said, Kuroko having a prequel about mm-hmm. her would be amazing, so I don't really want Yusuke's story to continue, I want to yeah. hear about everyone else. <laughs> or even, like, like, a prequel about, like, young Genkai. That'd be yeah, like young Genkai adventures. With younger Taguro. Oh, oh, that'd be cool. I've got some romance in there. Oh, it would be amazing. Oh, oh. I, I also have like a similar question from my friend from Laura on Twitter. Um, oh, yay. Um, but who was Fone? Sorry, Laura, I probably butchered that even though I'd known you for years. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, she said, this is kind of similar. She said, a lot of me, a lot of people, even me, find themselves wanting Yu show to get an anime remake just like what was done with Hunter x Hunter. Um, the one that was in 2011. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but do you think that would be a good idea, or do you think that a modern anime adaptation wouldn't be as good, considering not all anime remakes and reboots are hit? See Sailor Moon Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> That's her example. Oh, Thanks, Laura. <laughs> it's, it's really tough to say, because, like, it would have to be the right staff, and the right studio, and yeah. the right writers, and the right everything basically (laughs) you know it would be it's so hard to replicate how everything came together so well for that original one yeah the production was really great i don't really see how you can improve it other than just making a new one which seems yeah honestly the only thing i could think like with a remake would be to like make it more like the manga but that's not always better yeah they're actually like they're Instead of, like, having a remake, I would love, like, to have, like, an OVA or, like, a movie series about the little mini-arcs that were at the very end of the manga. Oh, Because yeah. at the end of the manga, there's, like, a bunch of arcs where it's, like, Yusuke is not spirit detective anymore, but he does, like, a bunch yeah. of, like, supernatural things. It's kind of like a callback to, like, how Yu Yu show was at the beginning. Yeah. Where Yusuke was, like, doing little tiny jobs. Yeah, where, like where he was, like, just, I'm the spirit detective. Pretty much. <laughs> it was like that, like... He, there was a ghost at at Keiko's school once, so he had to infiltrate that by going undercover. He had to wear a girl's school uniform and had to wear a wig to go under that, and that's a great... Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, that was a good one. And, like, there was one where it's just the gang talking mostly, but there's one in particular that I would really like to see animated. This is, like, my dream, and it's probably never going to happen. 
But there is this mini arc at the end of the manga where the gang, essentially, Kuwabara, um, Yusuke, Kurama, and Hiei, get back together to stop a group of spirit world fundamentalist terrorists from purging demons from human world. Yeah. Because eventually, at the end of the series, the portal is open. Uh-huh. Because Enki, the demon who won the Demon World Tournament, wants the portal to be open so people and demons can pass like freely through it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, peace and whatever. He yes. believes in peace. And they got peace. Mm-hmm. And also, King Yama got kicked out of a spirit world, so Quim is in charge now. Yep. Yep, so Quim is in charge. But anyway, like, they have to, like, find a way to, like, the um, terrorist group, they, like, basically don't want any humans, any demons in human world because they feel like they are evil. And I think Yusuke is the root of all evil because he <laughs> opened the gates and everything. Uh-huh. And, like, it's, like, they want to, like, use this, like, power cannon to, like, destroy the town Yusuke is from to purge him from the world because oh, he's gosh. evil. Yeah. It, it's a lot. But anyway, like, the gang has to, like, find a way to infiltrate spirit world. And also these terror, the terrorist group took hostages which means Botan's a hostage, Quim is a hostage, and everything. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to see that, like, animated. That would be really interesting. <laughs> it's, like, weird, but, like, I would love to see it. Like, see, I would, I, I, I would like to see an attempt. It, it would be kind of interesting to see how that would play out. Or, like, just, like, a little movie or yeah, something. Yeah, I want, like, a movie. I think that'd be, like, I don't really want them to remake the show because the show's already great to me. Yeah. I and, mean, like, I don't think they could improve on it, really. Yeah. I mean, other than just, like, for people, like, to pay attention to it. Yeah. I don't really see the point. Just, like, to put a spotlight on, hey, remember how great this show is? Yeah, like, I mean, i just rather have, like, a small project and, like, mm-hmm. a movie or whatever. I think mm-hmm. that'd be more satisfying for me as a fan other than them just remaking the entire show. Ugh. Because that would be just ugh, so much. It would. And I just don't think it's smart to do that because it doesn't yeah. need it. If it did, I wouldn't be upset or anything. Yeah. I just don't because think it's... Because on the one hand, it would be like... Attention. Attention to Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, like, as a fan, like, I already have this thing I love. I don't really need a new version of the thing I love. And, like, it's not really necessary, in yeah. my opinion. So I would want, like, a new arc to be animated. Yeah. Or, like, something that's never been animated before. That or... would be interesting, I feel like. But, yeah, that's that's just me, though. So, I Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. And the final question, which I'm doing for selfish reasons because I just think it's cute. He also asks, I'm sure many of us have fantasized about a Yu Yu Hakusho Sailor Moon crossover. <laughs> have you ever imagined what one would be like? And if you have, please share... Um, I know you have an idea. You told me earlier. No, it's when really I, when I, when I was younger, I kind of did have an idea. Like, like, wouldn't that be great? But my idea was like so generic. It was just like, oh, they are both chasing the same like yokai or monster or something, and they both have to. They all have to team up to to defeat it, mm-hmm. and and then they go their separate ways. Like, yeah. Which is kind of boring, but I but while I was thinking about that, because I was thinking about that question. Um, the other day when I was having lunch with my significant other and I was like, oh my gosh, it would be so perfect if like they did somehow, if they somehow had like been able to shoehorn in like a crossover episode in Sailor Moon Supers (laughs) where they're looking for the pure hearts and they track down Kuwabara because he is the purest (laughs) boy. (laughs) I would totally watch that show. I watched an episode like, Ten times. <laughs> it would be like the best episode ever. <laughs> I would love it. And then they all have to like you know fight back uh, whatever monster like Hawk's Eye and Tiger's Eye have like thrown out to uh, 
to distract everybody while they look at... How is Lo Crumb, like, fighting fish eye or something? Oh, my gosh! Because they're both kind of androgynous. Yes. And, like, maybe he's gay fighting tiger eye, and then he ain't fighting uh, hawk's eye. Hawk's eye? I don't know. Like, that'd be kind of oh, cool. That would be kind of that'd interesting. That'd be kind of cool. Like... I mean, the main cast of Sailor Moon doesn't even have to show up. Just like <laughs> the uh, the just, tiger's eye, fish eye, and Hawkeye. Like it just like involves somehow. Yes. Like, oh, oops. Like I guess we need, need to Sailor Scouts after all. <laughs> but like I was just no, like I think, I think that would make cute. that would make perfect sense though because Kobara is so pure. No, like I I love that idea. That's super cute. I mean, what other delinquent boy do you know that that keeps a kitten? Oh my gosh, Aikichi. Aikichi. Oh, so you have to screech it like you just. I can't speak Kuabara's voice. It's I can't either. In either only either language. <laughs> only Kuabara can do that screech. Only two people can do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I just thought that was like super perfect. I think that's great. That's my answer too. <laughs> it's super cute. <laughs> that was the thing I made up for that, just because I I thought a little too hard about it, probably. Kuabara being the damsel is in line with you, Okusho, because it happened in Chapter yeah, Black. Yeah, it so. did happen. It's it's canon. It did. <laughs> Kuabara was a damsel, a pure damsel. Well, we've already run kind of long, but <laughs> I, I we just can't help it because we love Yu Yu Hakusho so much. And for the people who might have never watched Yu Yu Hakusho and were like, I'm going to listen to this to figure out why it's so beloved, like, I hope listening to us enthusiastically gush about things we love about Yu Yu Hakusho uh, might have gotten you interested in it. It is available, is very easily available to watch yeah. uh, in various places. If you have Hulu, it's all available subtitled on Hulu. If you have Funimation Channel, it's on, or Funimation Now, or whatever Funimation service is called, uh, it's on Funimation service. You can watch the dub for free on VRV. You can also watch, I think, the subtitled one for free on Yahoo View. Mm. I mean, it is really re- easily available. Yeah, and you can buy, like, the Blu-rays for, like, 30 bucks a pop, I think. Yeah, the DVDs and the Blu-rays are fairly cheap now because yeah, they're divided in, and they're divided in four parts so like i think there's like maybe like 30-ish episodes on each one yeah so yeah you get your money's worth and they also have a, a dvd and blu-ray release of the ovas and the yes first the, movie the yu hakusho the movie and izu hakusho ova set which i highly recommend because the act the actual and uh, the original cast the dub cast actually comes back and dubs them Yes. Which means you get the um, the Golden Seal movie, it was dubbed. Mm-hmm. And you also get the the Dream OVAs that mm-hmm. were released from 94 to 96 on VHS in Japan, which are super exclusive. I remember watching those back in the day on like little tiny screens and 240p and people were <laughs> subtitling them. And yes. it was, when I found out about that and back in 2011, I lost my mind. It was great. And I totally recommend getting that because they also... Um, dub these old pirate anti-pirating um, messages in them. And they're kind of yes, hilarious. Funimation was like, you are getting every tidbit of Yu Yu Hakusho we can find for you on these. Yeah, it, like I think Justin Cook was mostly responsible for that. It's just you so got- <laughs> yeah, they even dubbed those. They dubbed them, and they're hilarious. <laughs> I told, but the only thing that Funimation hasn't dubbed so far is the Poltergeist Report movie. And I don't really know what's the deal with that because it was a CPM thing and obviously CPM went under. But I would love for them to dub that because originally the uh, anime dub actors 
were trying to mimic that dub. <laughs> so it would be hilarious and really great to kind of wrap up the franchise that way by dubbing that, that one last movie. from the anime voice actors uh, that everyone loves so much. Yeah, that's, I think that would be so great. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would love that. Funimation, if you're listening, please, please heed our call. Yeah, like I said, I don't really know what the deal is, but I would buy that immediately. I right. buy like ten copies. <laughs> And give them to friends. I would. I would put them in people's stockings for the holidays. I would. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, Merry Christmas. You get Yu Yu Hakusho. Merry Yu Yu Hakusho Day. <laughs> That's my life. So, for this month's special thanks segment, I'd like to give a big thanks and shout out to those who left me tips on Kofi.com. I got so many this month. Uh, I don't know if it was because specifically Yu Yu Hakusho related <laughs> things and people were really interested in them, but I wanted to thank you all in a very special way. So I thought for this Yu Yu Hakusho episode, I would sing them in the melody of Smile Bomb. Oh, <laughs> go for it. So um, let me try this. I'm going to make an attempt. <laughs> If it turns out it. if it turns out awful, I'll just re-record it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do um, it. Two borderline panels. Rachel Togas, thank you so much for the coffee. Natsuki girl, Darfox, and Mr. Chaz P. I'm grateful that you'd all tip me. <laughs> so yay! Super cute. Thank you all for your tips on Kofi.com. If you want to get a super awkward, amazing <laughs> shout out in the next episode of the podcast in my special thanks segment to be just as cool as them. All you need to do is go to my coffee page and leave a tip of two or more coffees. Uh, check the show notes for the link to that. And you can see links and info for this episode on the blog at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, as well as on the show's Tumblr at animenostalgia.tumblr.com. And you can find this episode and previous episodes on both of those sites, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher, and wherever you subscribe to your uh, podcasts. And maybe leave a review if you haven't already. So thank you so much, <laughs> Trisha, for coming and gushing about uh, Yu Yu Hakusho with me. After I spent those many months with the rewatch, it's been a journey. <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone better to share my love with. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was so much fun. I will talk about you talk show anywhere, anytime. So Yes. I mean, even though we just sat here and talked for like over three hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's I would, easy to I, do. It, it is really easy to I would talk another three hours about you Hakusho show uh, because yeah, after... Yeah. after Rewatching it, like the floodgates have opened, and I have like all There's these feelings. There's so much. Yes. There's so much. Um, so, where can we find you online? Oh, me. You can find me uh, as Boobly um, uh, at boobly.tumblr.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at Boobliest. Um, I'm really, really stoked about the Banana Fish anime announcement <laughs> that we got today. Yes. I am super stoked with that. And also, I talk about Yu Hawker Show a lot. So, if you ever want to hit me up, I'm ready. So, yes. Yes. But yeah, but I am so excited for the Banfish anime. Yes. I, like, almost cried when I saw the announcement on my TL this morning. I, I'm thinking that next year a Bananafish episode must happen. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I am totally so. I know, we're both very stoked. Yes. <laughs> so, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We will see you next time. Yeah, thanks for talking. Bye. 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 <laughs> it's all because of... See my friends all
screen caps of like old Dragon Ball Z fan subs from like back then. You mean like Miami Mike? <laughs> Miami Mike, where are you? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> Miami Mike, you have a story. <laughs> Tell me your story. Um, <laughs> but I know what you did at Dragon Con. 